What's up, everybody? We are very excited for you to join us in the Hypersleep Pod this week because we are going to take you back to a time, a simpler time, 1984, a time when men's bodies were glistening with sweat covering metal exoskeletons. Women still earned livings working at restaurants somehow. And the youth of the day went to techno noir nightclub type things where techno type music did not play, but mm. cheesy cock rock. Mm-hmm. But before all that, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm great. Are Nathan. you happy to be here in the hypersleep pod with me? Ha- yeah. Did you say in the hypersleep pod? I, I did. I so did. are you like envisioning a situation where, because you and I already sleep together in one <laughs> hypersleep pod. I don't know if there's room for other people to join no, us. No, it's like do- I'm open to it. It's like uh, it's like the, the 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 Doctor Who phone booth thing. Like it's just really small from the outside, but once you go in there, there's like an arcade. Wow! And like I never noticed that because I'm always like nestled right up into your neck, you know, and just re- tell- ready to pass out. Yeah, whatever. Uh, how's it going, man? How are you doing this week? Oh, it's great. Uh, you know, I went out last night, went to the Tech Noir. Oh, nice. Had a few beers. I love it in there. It's not as busy now ever since the uh, unpleasantness. All the killings? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Man. That's what I'm talking about. Tech Noir, what a place. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm here and I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm ready for this. I can't be bargained with. I can't be reasoned with. <laughs> I don't feel pity or remorse or fear. And I absolutely will not stop until we have a good podcast recording. Or until you're dead. <laughs> Fair enough. I like those standards. You're you're a man with high standards. Yeah, I'm a simple man. I demand only one thing: uh, absolute perfection. Speaking of high standards, uh, I, uh, you know how you've got them. You know, you keep hearing about these movies that come out, and they're supposed to be the next best horror movie. Like every year, there's another one. Like a couple years ago, it was Hereditary, and that was pretty good. But you keep hearing about all these movies. That was I, the next best horror movie. Yeah. And and, uh, and I heard about this one called The Power. And I was like, I read the plot. And it's about this uh, this nurse on her first night of work in England in the 70s when they had these like rolling power outages because of like a labor dispute or something. Okay. And I thought, you know, this is going to be one of those movies where, you know, the it's it's all just a psychological horror. There's tons of buildup. It's all just going to be in her mind. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be like another allegory for, you know women being abused or some bullshit like that. <laughs> but, uh, and I think it still was, Jesus, it still was, uh-huh. but it was a really, really good movie. So I want you to, uh, put that on your list for next time you're in the mood for a good horror film. The, the power, the power. Yeah. Quite good. You just made me think of that song. I've got the power. You know that one? I always think of you got the touch. <laughs> you got the power. I mean, we're doing an eighties movie that's, after all. That's a good jam right there. What's that eighties song that they used in everything? Is it the one that's in Rad and uh, uh, it's in, it's in like it's it's like the pump up da 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 I can't I can't push it right now. <laughs> no, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> no, five I, more minutes. <laughs> uh, I'll have to look that one up. You know what I'm talking about though? Not the power of love. Like it's just it's all instrumentals. I love the power of love, though. Yeah, Huey Lewis That's and the, the power of love. That's a great one. Yeah. we're just gonna do that. This is we're on to something here, especially because I can hear myself now. Yeah, right. It's just like I really something about having these headphones on and these good mics. I just want to plug it in and just listen to myself make like onomatopoeias and stuff. You know.
Chris just pulled a Jesus Christ shaped butt plug out of his anus. That's the sound that you just heard there. That's weird, Chris. Why do you have a butt plug shaped like our Lord and Savior? Hey, man, I got to get up for this thing. When you said you, you had a saying? JC butt plug, I thought you were talking about John Connor. Oh. <laughs> Can you think about that, audience? Uh, that's, I, that's some deep shit right there. I literally there. realized that as I was watching our... I noticed our, a few things for the first time watching this movie. Well, save it for the uh, movie discussion. Did you want to talk about anything else before we proceed? Not really. No? You got nothing, eh? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think if I watched anything interesting or had anything interesting to talk about. I'm playing Destiny 2 right now. I doubt anybody, including not you, interesting. wants to hear about that. No, not really. No, not at all. Yeah. I appreciate you like kind of just skirting right past that, actually. That makes me feel a lot better about this whole enterprise. I, I do have one quick plug. <laughs> Mayor of Easttown. Oh, that, yeah. Mayor that, of Easttown. That's yeah. living up to the hype. Um, two episodes in. They're long. Like... They're like 58 minutes long, so you have to dig in, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. And it's, again, like I'm impressed. That's two things now where I've been like, eh, everyone says they're good, so they're probably going to be shit. And mm-hmm. I just think that that's, I just feel like the general populace these days doesn't have good taste anymore. Like well, whatever they like is terrible. Especially for comedies, I think. Well, this is not a comedy. Is it not? No. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yes, it is. It's so funny. <laughs> it's a fifth. Yeah. It's a comedy with 58 minute episodes. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, I'm done with this. You ruined it. I'm done with you. Uh, we'll be back after these messages from our sponsor. Uh, us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. All right, everybody. We are back. And Chris, what do we have up this week? Well, we watched a movie with... A shocking amount of auto theft we did. in it, much more than I remember as a kid. Uh, we watched The Terminator. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, I think that the shitty car auto theft thing becomes sort of a trope throughout the the franchise, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely, yeah, hot wiring. Yeah. There are at least three scenes of hot wiring a car. I, I remember as a child watching this movie and being like, is it is it that easy? Do you just have to take the little thing out and put it back in and just twist? Does it work that way? Yeah, the where he takes the key one out. Yeah. yeah. I like, I mean, I love the classic touching the wires together. That seems like the, sure. the fun way sure. to do that, it. That, that, that must work. Uh, that's right. Uh, we watched Terminator the first one. I know that we said we were going to watch Terminator 2 first, but uh, we didn't. So We lied. We lied. Yeah. yeah. And you better that's, get, our, that's our prerogative. Uh, the Hypersleep Pod is going to be a house of lies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. About ourselves and what movies we're going to do, what facts we're going to bring back up later in, the, in yeah. the recording. The only thing you can trust is that you can't trust anything we say. I don't, I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but take that with a grain of so salt, you know? This movie came out. What in, year? <laughs> 1984, <laughs> which we uh, mentioned before. 1984, uh, when we looked into it a little bit, uh, was a, a pretty cool year for entertainment. Um, there was some pretty shit. This year, 1984. There were some pretty uh, uh, harrowing things uh, <laughs> happening in the world at the time. The AIDS epidemic was just exploding on the scene. Uh, pun intended. Indira uh, uh, mm. Gandhi got assassinated, among other delightful things. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but some pretty cool stuff came out in 1984. So um, some notable TV shows that came out in 1984, not came out, but were either on the air or popular at the time. We got uh, Family Ties, you know, Michael J. Fox. Of course. Uh, the Facts of Life, which Do I never... Do I know Family Ties? I never Come watched on. The Facts of Life. Did you watch that one? No. Yeah, I didn't, didn't watch that one. The A-Team, uh, Dynasty... <laughs> Night Court, 
Airwolf, Miami Vice, and my favorite, Cheers. Hey, don't tell me who shot JR, okay? That was Dallas, you fucking oh, idiot. Oh, that wasn't Dynasty? Damn it. <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chris, you're an embarrassment. This um, is a real gap in my TV knowledge. The, uh, what are some of the video games? That you said you, you looked up some games. I did, yeah. So we're going to figure out what little Chris and little Nathan were playing, of course, when this movie came out. For sure. We were uh, one year old. One, one whole year old. <laughs> yeah. It's probably nothing, but, you know, let's find out. Uh, so... Uh, 1983 is the year that the Nintendo Entertainment System came out in America. I thought it was in Japan. The Famicom came out in Japan. I believe it came out two years later in America. I don't think so, because all these games I'm about to read came out in 1984, and I played them. Yeah, but not, like... Look, I don't know. You know, I... I I got a lot of stress at home, and, you know, I just... You have, but you also have Wikipedia, right? No. No. Are you still locked have, out of it? Are you still are you still blocked from Wikipedia from constantly I, going into people's pages? No, I have a th- and calling the, <laughs> and changing the word the with fart. <laughs> hey, it was I was funny and I stand by it. No, I still have a three quarters complete just, set of uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Just list the games that I use. Uh, okay, uh, so a couple of, a couple of little video games here. Uh, Nineteen forty two. Nice Tetris. Nice. Uh, balloon fight, which is, I believe, a ripoff of Joust. Right? Was that on the Super? Was that on the regular Nintendo? Regular Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember the cover for it. Yeah. Um. Of course, Duck Hunt and Excite Bike. Yes, I have those written down too. Staples of the Nintendo system, yeah. and I found a couple of computer games. Uh. So, uh, King's Quest. Hell yeah! King's Quest came out in 1984. Care for the first one, but the uh, later ones are really fun. Yeah, definitely. Like once you get to like five and six and those, those are pretty solid ones. You have like the full voice acting and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those games were pretty mind. Those Sierra games were pretty mind blowing at the time compared to like, cause like I had played console first, probably I had an Atari and then then you get your hands on this like point and click adventure. It's a pretty wild experience. Well, that was the, that's the thing, right? Is arcade games were all bite-sized, you know, and you had to make your own stories up and then these games had the stories written. Right. Yeah. 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 All the Nintendo games are basically arcade ports. It's pretty, yeah, pretty much. I actually, you also, you, you missed a couple uh, of notable ones here. Saber Wolf. Fuck you. Sorry, go on. And Ice Climber, you piece of shit. Oh, Ice Climber. Yeah, I remember that one. Future star of Super Smash Brothers, right. the Ice Climbers. Uh, was that it for you? Was that for your, was your pre- list of precious games? Correct. Okay. Uh, but I will tell you some other information about 1984, if you like. Fine. So, uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can find something. I already stole the two <laughs> tidbits we- of information. This I website thought- is so stupid. So it's called thepeopleHistory.com. And it, you can pick a year and it'll just tell you like how much shit costs and like what the GDP was and everything. Okay. Like a pair of men's leather shoes cost $39.99 in 1984. Who Outrageous. Knew? Uh, a, uh, oh, what was Did it? you buy them from Al Bundy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, can, can you, I'll give you a dollar if you can remember the name of the store he worked in. No, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Well, a Corvette cost 24 grand. And, wow. uh, Another interesting product came out in 1984, and that was the first Apple computer system, home computer oh, system. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I've heard of Apple before, so that means 1984 was just like now. Yeah, exactly. Cool. It hasn't changed much since then. They're, they're smoother. Things are smoother. Screens are a little better. Uh, do you want to guess how much the original Mac uh, computer cost in 1984? $799. Up. Up? Uh, $1,200. 
$2,500, my Fuck man. right off. So they've always fancied themselves the Mac of the computer world. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you want to play music? Uh, yeah. Music right. trivia? So okay. This is a fun little game. We I do don't want to brag, but I absolutely crushed this last time. You definitely didn't. You got, I think you got the two guineas that I That's gave you. That's not how you. I remember it. Uh, it's a fun little game that we came up with uh, last time. Well, we we'll see about that. Uh, where I pick some of the uh, most popular songs. Well, maybe we'll do it another way around next time, maybe. But uh, one of us will pick some popular uh, songs from the year, and the uh, other person has to guess the artist. Hit me with so, it. The other person is me. In this case, the other person is Chris. So I'll start you with a couple of easy ones. Number one, When Doves Cry. By Prince. Well done, well done. Uh, jump. So this is what it sounds like when doves cry. <laughs> we might have to cut that it's, in. It's my Millhouse impression. Yeah, we might have to cut that in. <gasps> is this the untimely end of Millhouse? But Millhouse is my name. But I thought I was the only one. A pain I know all too well. So this is what it feels like when doves cry. <laughs> uh, jump. Uh, but crisscross it's way too early for that. <laughs> no, crisscross gonna make you, you jump, jump, Nathan. You fucking moron, uh, Van Halen. Yes, well done. Uh, oh, Cherie. Oh, I can't remember the name of that band. Is it uh, I'll give you one hint it's not the name of a band, it's the name of a man. Oh, not my Sharona. That's not what I was thinking of. I have no idea. Steve Perry. St- isn't that the guitar player for Aerosmith? You think so, but it's not the same Steve Perry. Okay. So, okay. Well, I didn't um, know that one, but at least I could prove that I know stuff about music. Two out of three so far, man. Uh, better be good to me. Oh, I don't, is this a pop song? Yeah, but I'll give you a hint. It's uh, uh, sung by a matriarchal black songstress. Aretha Franklin? <laughs> no. Uh, Tina Turner. Tina Turner. That would have uh, been my next guess, I think. Uh, well, I don't know. It's a pretty broad hint. There's more of those than you think. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Uh, here, I got another easy one for you. Uh, rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to Scorpion the other yeah, day. Yeah, I fucking love Scorpion. Hell yeah, baby. Very underrated rock metal band from Germany. Are they correct? Yeah. Uh, and finally, they had an album cover that had to get pulled from shelves because it had a naked 15 year old on the cover. Now we know why Chris likes them so much. It all comes out right here. Uh, and then, uh, finally, now this is a tough one. Uh, you've heard the song a million times, Missing You, but by who? Oh. Or should I say whom? <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> missing you. I ain't missing you at all. Oh, Missing uh, you. Fuck, who is that? It's a super basic ass name. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to get it. Uh, shit, you're going to say it. I'm going to be mad. This is one that I think I, I doubt it. I wouldn't have known no? this one, and I know things. Who is it? John Waite. Oh, no, I wouldn't have gotten that. No. All right. Yeah. So that's the music. Uh, there was a lo- uh, you know what? To be honest, I went through the, the list of popular songs. It wasn't a great year for music, man. It was, uh, it was a down year, I would say. So oh, a much better year for movies. Except um, your apology in advance for... Sp- scorpions speaking album. of movies let's go through some of the movies that came out in 1984 before we jump headfirst into our film here okay uh this is a real so 
I think I've mentioned this before. The later, the further back we go, and I when I just rattle off the top grossing films, it's just classic after classic. The eighty early eighties is such a great I think time. Even for up movies. until like the early nineties, yeah, right. It's not till when you get to the late, till later on, you start getting these art house pieces of shit like Shakespeare in Love and fucking uh, Shine. Anyway, um, I'm the piano genius from that movie Shine. Oh yeah, what's your name? Shiny McShine. All right, so we have Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, mm. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, The Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock, and Splash. Those are the top ten movies. Holy shit! So T uh, Terminator finished like just outside of that, like the top fifteen for domestic gross. Can you imagine if that many great movies came out in one year nowadays? Uh. No, 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 I can't. I don't think that that's allowed. It's not a, I think I don't. It's not I th- a world we're ever going to live I in again. I think that the cabal of uh, media elites that control Hollywood um, of no discernible faith <laughs> <laughs> don't let there be that many good movies in one calendar year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. So Terminator, yes, it did come out in 1984, directed by one of our Hall of Famers, uh, Hypersleep Pod slash Handsome Boys all-star James Cameron, uh, the pride of Capus Casing. Capus Casing. Capus Casing. We have an issue of correction. Yes, I have to issue a correction. It's Capus Casing, Ontario, not Capus Casing. I apologize to all Capus Casingians for my insensitivity and ignorance. Yeah, you were. Know, in my ignorance. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Capus Casing. You're, you were really putting the puss on a pedestal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I'll put it where it belongs. Um, James Cameron, of course, you know him from directing such independent, scrappy pictures as Titanic Piranha 2. and Avatar, as well as Piranha 2 and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. This movie's budget was a mere $6.4 million. It grossed a huge, for the time, $78.3 million. Wow. Pretty huge hit. I think that would have been Arnold's second biggest hit after Conan. The most surprising thing about that to me is the budget. That's yeah. wild. It's, you know, I, you kind of liken these early Arnie movies to like when a sports team has their rookie on their rookie contract. Yeah. You know, like you have this guy who you know is just going to be this huge star. Just destined for stardom. And you, have, and you only have to pay him like $200,000 to be in this movie doing all this dangerous shit. Yeah, totally. So you're playing with house money at this point, basically. He's also got like four lines of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, but they all really count. Yeah. You know, fuck you asshole is a timeless line that will be <laughs> spoken aloud by thousands of children for hundreds of years. Fuck you asshole. The best is the, like the list. Yeah, I got. I, I wrote that down. We're gonna hope, talk about that later. I hope you did. I hope you wrote a lot of things down because I did. <laughs> I only have like four pages of notes this time. So, um, we open up with the always welcome Orion logo. Hell, fucking yeah! I'd, I'd be wearing my Orion shirt right now if it wasn't long sleeved. That's how big a dork Nathan is, everybody. That's right. He wears an Orion Film Studio logo shirt. I do. I also have a Karolko one that my beautiful partner and producer erica made for me so go mm-hmm. fuck yourself mm-hmm. 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 yeah anyway uh why don't you take us to the next couple of beats here well uh we open on the future by the <gasps> by the looks of the state of things it's roughly 2022 or 2023 i would say <laughs> if things keep if current trends continue 
We're on path to look like Terminator Future within five years. Yeah. No, it's this bleak, dark wasteland where robots roam the earth, hunting uh, down man. Yeah, we get a bit of a... Shooting cool-ass lasers at him with cool-ass laser noises. We get a, a bit of a dope look at the robopocalypse here. <laughs> the robopopulation? The robopopulation. Yeah, and then we get, what? One of Chris's favorite things in a sci-fi movie. A big text crawl of exposition explaining the history of the world. Yes, and please read that to us. You got it, baby. Nice. Uh... The machines rose from the ashes of the nuclear fire. I'm going to do it in Reese's voice. Nice. Do it. The machines rose from the ashes of the nuclear fire. (laughs) (laughs) The war to exterminate mankind had raged for decades, but the final battle would not be fought in the future. It would be fought here in the present tonight. And then we get the best music in (laughs) the history of cinema. Only outdone by the improved version in T2. That's Terminator 2. That's right. If you weren't, you didn't know what I meant. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty spectacular uh, song. I don't love I don't love the intro because, especially as a kid, I think it's all nostalgia here. Because as a kid, I just wanted the fucking movie to start, and you watch this sweet little future scene, and then this happens. You're like, ah! I fast forwarded the shit out of that credit sequence yeah. every fucking time I'm I watched a, that movie. I might movie. have too. I really enjoyed it this time. It's yeah, definitely it was great this time. If you look at because Cameron, I think has a history of when he makes a sequel, he kind of lifts a lot from the original and just kind of improves upon it. You yeah, can see it in time. Aliens and in yeah. T2, and the intro to T2 will get you pumped Except the fuck don't up. forget he didn't make the original aliens so. no i know yeah. but he fully like borrowed a lot from the original aliens right there's a lot of a lot of overlap but yeah that intro in t2 with hey ooh, oh, what, oh what are you doing sorry i was trying to adjust something apologies apologies all around i won't do it again i my, won't touch anything ow, ever my freaking again ears. sorry about that um yeah let's just do this for the whole recording it's, it's way more so fun much fun to go because i can hear myself and it sounds so cool i don't know if it sounds good to listeners and i don't care you can still hear me okay right yeah okay cool the the little the little things on the recorder are bouncing up and down when you talk so i think that means we're good so uh I think, i'm an audio engineer i think the first person we see or the first thing well hang on we got a little chyron that says Los Angeles, 1984, 1.52 a.m. I hate the word Chiron. Chiron? Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. And you use it a lot. It's a, the correct term for that. Okay, great. Well, can you just say we get some text on screen or something like that? Fucking, why don't you take your pronunciation prejudices, prejudices and head back to Kappa's Casing, Ontario. <laughs> stuff your stories in a sack. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> We do get that. It is now 1984. <laughs> we do get that. It's 1984 and a burly... Uh, Garbage truck driver. Oh, yeah. What the hell? Whoa, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. A lot of that in this movie. A lot of characters. A lot of grumbly people. A lot of grumbly working class Joes going, did you see that? What's the grumblier guy? The homeless person that when Kyle Reese appears or the garbage truck man when Arnold appears? I th- I think it's the garbage truck man. Even though he's fully employed and probably has a home to go to. Yeah. He's still like, well, goddamn, show him a bitch. This guy in the alley's a little angrier. I don't know if he's hey, angry. Buddy, I think did he's, you just see a bright I think light? he's drunk. Yeah, he's drunk. Yeah. Well, that goes without we're saying. Getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. So, uh, Arnie appears. <laughs> we're, we're, he, he will henceforth be to, referred to not as the Terminator, but as Arnie. 
I think we have to, right? Yeah. I'm not calling him the Terminator each time. Yeah. I mean, he embodies the character of this, the Terminator sure. quite well, but I, he's Arnie. He's Arnie. I agree. We'll, we'll go with that. So, so lightning strikes and a big sweaty, naked Arnold plops out of the sky. I just said that like five times. Did you point out that he was sweaty and naked? No, I didn't. So I guess that was, uh, well, all right then. All right. He's very naked. He's very sweaty. That's the part I remember. Uh, we do find out the later that, that Terminators do sweat. So that's very accurate. They do glisten. Sweat, bad breath, everything. Gross. Um, yeah. Then we cut to some uh, young punks, you know, learning about astronomy at the old telescope. Yeah. I mean, like any, you know, abandoned telescope. <laughs> In One of 80s Los, Los Angeles' Angeles, many abandoned telescopes. It's going to be, you know, monopolized by a group of uh, street punks, mm-hmm. you know, fresh off of their latest punk show. Yeah. Back when we could go to shows. <laughs> anyway, uh, notable amongst these punks is famed actor Bill Paxton. Hell And yeah. I can't remember the name of the other guy. The guy who's uh, in the X-Files. Yeah, I didn't write it down. He's been in the He's X-Files. The guy who's the shape-shifting bounty hunter in the X-Files. Yeah. We'll look that up for total recap. You got it. If we remember. You got it right this time. Last time you said, we'll look that up for Total Recall during the Total Recall episode. It was very confusing. Yeah. Well, you know, I forgot what you had called it. So I just went with whatever. (laughs) What? Because we named it 10 minutes earlier? (laughs) Yes, that is correct. Um, So this is a classic scene. I I truly adore this scene. Um, I I think everyone's probably seen it. But what happens is Arnie, you know, demands the close of the. Hang on. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. we see Arnie approach the punks from a distance and he walks up naked with his giant flaccid penis visibly flopping majestically in the wind. Especially when you watch this movie in 1080p. Oh yeah. Uh, so I actually didn't like to my own shock and surprise. I don't have a physical copy of this movie. Um, really? I have a copy of Ter- Terminator Salvation and Terminator three and T two Oh like, yeah, it goes it goes right from Terminator Three to Terms of Endearment. <laughs> Look at that. That's a great movie. Just give it a chance, okay? <laughs> Deborah Winger is a saint. Uh, yeah. So I had to rent this film. I was disappointed. It wasn't on anything. Did you find? I didn't find I it on to, anything. I had to steal it from the high seas. Well, okay. Now that you said it, then yes, I also stole it. I was going to say I rented it. That, that was a lie. <laughs> so I, no, bar- I borrowed it from. No, the what internet. I did was I. What I did was I borrowed it. Uh, I, I did used to own this movie on VHS at one point. Cool. That was a long time ago. Is the cover for the VHS him with the with the gun, the laser it's pistol? A very cool cover. Yeah. It's kind of got like a bit of like eighties techno synth distortion on it. Yeah, we got to get that poster to spruce up the uh, the pod. Let's do it. The hypersleep pod. Let's do it. Let's spruce it up. Uh, we're not making a lot of progress here, so let's try to move along. How far into the movie are we? 30 minutes? Uh, Where are we at? We're at about four minutes. Right. So what happens next? So the, uh, the punks, th- those punk rockers, mm-hmm. they see uh, Arnie walking towards them and they're, you know, cracking jokes. So they're drinking beers and they're being, you know, anarchists, right? And they're like, whoa, look at this guy. Seems like he's a couple cans short of a six pack. Is that's, that what he says? Yeah, that's Bill Paxton. Nice. His classic delivery. And the other guy goes, let me guess. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? Nothing clean, right? <laughs> <laughs> I could just recite this entire scene. But basically, they decide, he uh, tells them he wants their clothes. I uh, tells them to give him the clothes. They say, fuck you, asshole. Which is where Arnie, you know, fuck you, that asshole. dialogue from for He's later. He's learning. Yeah. 
Uh, they try and shiv him with a with a with a stick. Is that know? what it is? I thought it was a knife. No, it's a, it's a it's a switchblade. It's a switchblade. Switch yeah. yeah okay. uh, and he proceeds to uh, gut them. Yeah, he uh, punches one guy like he punches through his rib cage. Yeah, and uh, pulls his hand out, and you just see like gore and blood like dripping from his hand. It's uh-huh. pretty spectacular. Young Nathan was very very happy at this moment. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he uh, the other guy just gets tossed into the chains and then the third guy um starts taking his clothes off and throwing them towards him. He's yeah. like, here you go man uh it's pretty good it's not quite as good as the scene in t2 where he gets the clothes but oh it, that's it's so iconic it's one of my favorite movie scenes of all time you forgot to say please <laughs> what did we see that guy in he was in another movie was he, it was it that stupid movie with uh brian bosworth correct that's right um Stone Cold. He, not a he's also not, in, not a film I enjoyed watching. He's also in Sons of Anarchy. It's a he great is. movie. Don't listen to him, everybody. It's terrible. We recorded really an episode good. about it that you'll never hear because it was so bad. It's instant classic. It's got Lance Hendrickson in it, and he's in this movie and Aliens. So he is. He, by you, what was his name? Ergo, in, what was his name in Stone Cold Chains? Oh, was it? Was it, was was it Chains? Chains? It was yeah. Chains. Yeah, the leader of a biker gang. Yeah. Oh my God, the boss. <laughs> Uh, so then we cut to, uh, the beginning of this movie happens pretty fast. Like we got, sure. we got a lot of intercutting Not be- for us, but in the movie it happens yeah. fast. Uh, a lot of intercutting between, um, sort of Arnold discovering himself. We got Reese now we meet discovering him. Discovering himself. Yeah. Discovering who he is as a new Terminator. Yeah. Then we, then we get another alley and some lightning and a much less jacked, but still kind of jacked. He's sinewy. Naked guy. Sinewy naked guy. Yeah. Falls. He falls from the sky less gracefully. Yeah. I would say. Because he's not a fucking robot. You well, know? I don't, they had, you know, they, had t- they didn't have time to prepare, right? They kind of just threw Reese into the time machine and sent him back. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Then he steals the pants off of a homeless person. He sure does. Um, so, okay. Can you. Just gross as hell. Can you explain this? Yeah, he's not wearing proceeds underwear. to wear them for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they're covered in like weird colors of paint too, like weird splashes of paint. Yeah. And stuff like that. Can you explain this to me though? So almost immediately police officers show up. It's like, what's the deal with that? I don't know. I've never gotten that. Did and they, they see the lightning? And I, yeah. And I've never like I remember like watching this over and over again. One time I, I decided like I, I'm watching it on VHS and I said, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure out why they show up. And I fucking rewound that scene like four times. And then I can't, I still can't discern what the cop says. He's running. He's Radley. He's rambling. Like he says, he's running. Is that what he says? He's running yeah, after he sees him. Yeah. But, but why are they chasing him? Like, I it doesn't, don't. It doesn't know. I mean, he, he. Yeah, and he's not even naked at that point. Like, did someone? I can call buy them? that they showed up because they were dri- happened to be driving down the block and they saw a lightning storm in an alley. Do you? I guess. Yeah. But they're not going to. Then they're going to see a guy materialize and be like, "Oh, the, he, this man must be responsible for that lightning storm." There, well, somehow. there's also. I'm going to do a little work for the movie here, but there's also a bit of a cut between when the homeless guy goes, Hey buddy, did you see a bright light? Yeah. And when he's put on the pants and we have to assume maybe he like had to fight him off of him, you know, like wrestle his pants away or something or punch him or something. Do you think they, so cut, maybe that, they, do you think they cut that scene? Could be. It is I pretty, mean, James like, Cameron has tip like tradit, like historically lots of cuts in his movies, it right? It's pretty like drastic cut there right like yeah. it's a surprising cut it's true you just kind of take it for granted like oh yeah of course they're going to chase this guy i mean but- we also have to remember this is cameron's first movie with like any type of money right it's not going to be like there's it, it does feel like it got tighter and better made as it went on you know like there's yeah. some there's a little bit of shaky filmmaking at the beginning and then I- this whole scene to me like 
the way the sound was edited was really poor in this scene. Like, yep. I'm not trying there's, to shit, there's like, I'm not trying to shit on Terminator. No, man. Here. I mean, it's a product of 1984 as yeah. well. But there are some moments of poor sound editing here and there, for yeah. sure, for a movie with great music and and some good sound editing too. Uh, I mean, like fucking the scene at the end, right? Like the the, the oh, last so line good. of the movie. Like it, that's the sound editing on that is real weird. It's 80 yard, I think. Oh, where she goes, you're terminated, fucker. Yeah, you're terminated, fucker. Oh, probably. Um, but uh, I was gonna say at one point, well, because it's something I noticed now that I know a little bit more about James Cameron and his career. It's like this movie, you can just watch, you look, watch it and you can see right up there every moment on the screen. You can see his transition from being like a, a brilliant like film student who was working on like simplistic like horror movies and stuff. Like Swamp Thing and shit like yeah, that. Piranha yeah, Piranha and, and whatever he did Battle on Beyond the, Battle the Stars. Beyond the Stars, yeah. And transitioning into now that he's got, he's got experience and the keys to the castle that he's becoming a great filmmaker. And this movie is like, the buffer between those two for, eras. For sure, absolutely. You know? Because his next movie was Aliens, and we yeah. all know how that turned like, out. There's so much brilliance in this movie, but also some like kind of inexperience too, it feels like. Absolutely, yeah. And I feel like they, most of it, most of those, like most of that gets kind of shaken out in the first few minutes of the movie, right? And yeah. This scene in particular, like, you know, so he, uh, Reese, um, you know, confronts the cop. Oh, yeah. Dis- he gets chased by a cop. He quickly disarms him. Yeah, disarms the gun off of him, points at him. He's like, what, what day is it? The date. And the guy's like, uh, th- Thursday, uh, what is it? Uh, May. yeah, May. What year? Yeah. What year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what? So he gets chased through like a department store conveniently where he is able to, you know, get a, get a pretty cool looking duster. So he looks like a badass. <laughs> yeah. And some <laughs> and, Nikes. Uh, and some pretty sick Nikes. That is some deft product placement right there. Right? Yeah. When he drops um, out of the photo booth. And then he sneaks back. Doubles back to the cop car and takes a shotgun. So that's that's significant as well. Yeah, swipes a shotgun from a, the cop car. And is then pretty goes cool. to live his life as a homeless person in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, sweet, I made it. The future sucks. <laughs> uh, this is what we're fighting for? Uh, is this where we meet our heroine? Um, you, well, right before, we, the, the last scene we see with Kyle Reese here is him thumbing through the phone book. Right. Sorry. I, I skipped over that. So that's, that's very important. So that's yeah. what we see. So we don't even know his name yet. You know, we just know his name. It's Kyle and Reese. We don't actually like, if you're a, uh, yeah. And we don't even know the name of the person that, um, he's going after until this moment. Yeah. He zeroes right in as Chris noticed for the first time. He zeroes right in on the real Sarah Connor, Sarah J Connor. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, then we cut a real drastic, um, tone, tonal shift. And we it got sure is. Sarah Connor, uh, Linda, Linda Hamilton. Oh man, so hot. Eight feet of hair. Oh, dude. And this is Beauty and the Beast era, Linda Hamilton, yeah. man. This is when, so Linda Hamilton, for those of you who don't know, was on a, I think it lasted for like four or five seasons because my mom watched like every episode of it. Uh, a Beauty and the Beast adaptation starring Ron Perlman as the Beast. Yeah. His name was Vincent, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember like any specific instances, but all, I remember, all you remember is his makeup, but he fucked people up. Like if people got too close to her, like if she, I think she, the whole thing is like someone's trying to mug her and he like beats them up or something. Right. Anyway, uh, so, I have the most vague memories of that. And also, do you remember the like gritty TV miniseries? Uh, I think it was called, it was like it was Alice in Wonderland, but it was called maybe like Through the Looking Glass or something. Okay, and it was live action. And it had a little girl, and she would travel back and forth between Wonderland and the real world. And she had like I think like a troubled home life. And there was this monster, the Jabberwocky, 
that would like chase I, her in I, and out. I do remember that. And it scared the shit out of me when I was like seven years old. Does that have anything to do with Linda Hamilton, the Terminator know, just, or Ron Perlman? You know, the live action Beauty and the Beast, live action, you know, adap- adap- TV miniseries adaptations of Disney movies. Fair enough. There's uh, a thread there, you I know? Guess so, you know, yeah, it's, it's thin, but it's there. I'll give that to you. <laughs> Um, so we meet Sarah Connor. She's driving her gold line moped. 1984 Honda Elite scooter. Honda Elite. It looks hilarious. How much did you say you can get one for now? Three grand. Oh boy. I don't know if it's <laughs> worth it. The upkeep on that thing alone is going to cost a fortune. <laughs> it's it's a iconic piece of art. I think they just go out of their way here to show Sarah Connor is just like a really harmless person. Yeah. Right? Like she drives a moped to work. She works at a restaurant. Like a, like a casual dining restaurant as a waitress. Big Jeff's. Big Jeff's. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Guard yeah. it for me, big buns. Yeah. Guard it for me, big another, buns. Another piece of terrible ADR that I even noticed when I was uh, a young child. She's got a few, especially. Do you think they gave her more lines, like ADR lines to make Sarah Connor seem like softer? I, I, I don't, I wonder. I mean, it could be, a lot of times it could be a situation maybe where like they shot these scenes as scripted and then. The director thought like, ah, this character is kind of taking on a new life for me. Like I need to get some more establishing dialogue in here. And then they didn't, they just crammed it. They thought they could cram it in instead of reshooting whole scenes or something. I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker. <laughs> I've never been to Kappa's casing. What do I know? Apparently that place just pumps out filmmakers, man. <laughs> yeah. James Cameron. And, uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, from there we cut to what looks like the scariest punk ever Wait, uh, stealing a car. Well, hang on. Before we do that, we, we do spend a little time in the restaurant. We don't need to go to the restaurant yet. We don't need to go to the restaurant until she starts fucking up. That's what happens here. No, not yet. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, there's a... I'm sorry, you're right. There's a shot yeah. of... <laughs> Yeah, of Arnie in the clothing that he stole from the punks. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. looks like the scariest guy you'd ever see in he the pit. He looks even bigger You're than like, Arnold is. Jesus fucking Christ, he looks terrifying. He's well, got a, like a chain over his shoulder. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and he, yeah, like you said, he stole the thing. He went as far as stealing the fingerless gloves. I appreciate I that. I have to he, fit in. <laughs> yeah, the gloves no are part no, of the outfit. No one know I am a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> so you just see him walk up to this station wagon in the middle of the street. Just put his fist through the window, go in and see our first carjacking and just fucking like rips the ignition off of this, uh, off the car and just like twists the wires together yeah, and boom. Yeah, repeated in Terminator 2, right? Where he just yeah. grabs the steering column and just, you know? I love it. It's a great yeah. look. Uh, I think then we, yeah, so he steals a car and then we cut back to Sarah Well, I think here, we, kinda, here we have a bit of a, a fast I just, moving- The next thing in my notes is, quote, in quotes, burly beef. Yeah. So there's so a couple there's a couple of lines in this part that have actually stuck with me, stuck with Nathan throughout history. Um throughout the history of Nathan. Throughout the history of Nathan. So the names of the food for sure, right? Yeah. So what was Sarah, the other one? The chili cheese deluxe. Yeah. So Sarah is a terrible waitress. Like yeah. oh, sure oh, she's for sure. Sure she's overwhelmed, but like she's not good at this. Like she's fucking mixed up. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's giving people the wrong drinks. And then she fucking knocks some guys like Coca-Cola all over his uh, jacket. And she's like, this isn't real leather, is it? Yeah. And then this kid fucking dumps an ice cream scoop into her little pouch. Yeah. And then she picks up a fork off the table and gouges his eyes out with it. No, that was just a dream. Oh, no, wait. That's what I would have done. Uh, but her friend goes, look at it this way, honey. In 100 years, who's going to care? What a great line. I love eh? that line because it's true. Yeah. It's 100% true. Like, fuck, just it means just shake it off. There's, right? there's a few of those in this movie. Those like fun 
you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like idioms. E- well, where it's like Cliches. it's like a, an irony or something, right? It's like calling out the plot of the movie a little bit, right? Like you got, I mean, there's a big one at the end, but then there's like when when um, Ginger's answering machine, it's like you're talking to a machine. Machines need love too. Yeah, that's a classic know? like douche nozzle answering machine joke that people used to do back in the yeah, day. Or you know, you're in this movie about machines becoming sentient and fighting man wow you just blew my fucking mind you, know what I'm saying? Man. you just blew my mind you're talking to a machine so is so Chris, is the, in a hundred years you know, who's gonna even care a broken clock is wrong three <laughs> times a week or whatever um so we go through a real kind of a like yeah we go through a little bit of a quick thing here we kind of cut back between sarah doing that uh reese being a bum but what's really important here is Arnold going to the gun store. <laughs> that is what is important here. That is the thing. That, that's Let's the big takeaway. This scene. That's the big takeaway from uh, the next couple of minutes. Yeah. So Arnold is buying uh, guns from the great character actor Dick Miller. And Dick Miller. In one of his many, many, many roles. Yeah, man. Where he's he looked fucking, the same for like fifty years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Arnie just is a just, working class dad. That's what he yeah, looks like. Exactly. So Arnie's just fucking, you know pulling him off the shelf here he's just naming guns and the guy keeps handing them to him off the rack do you want to hear him yeah please okay 12 gauge auto loader is the first one okay that's italian okay that's what dick miller says okay uh 45 long slide with laser sighting that's a pretty cool gun. that's that that's the gun from the poster that's a real sweet gun. it's real yeah. cool he's like yeah you just point the laser at whatever you want and fire you can't miss yeah uh then we got uh uh Uzi nine millimeter, uh, Israeli, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we're saying the countries that these guns come from, <laughs> uh, no, it's also a cool Uzi. It's got it like it's an Uzi you can attach shit to. Do you think they named it after Uzi because Uzi was the grandfather of the guy who built it? He's like my grandfather Uzi. I want to dedicate this killing machine to him. <laughs> well, he built it to kill his grandfather, and that's how it got the name. I thought he was trying to keep Muslims away from their settlement. Oh my god. <laughs> Hey, Might have to cut that joke. Away. Fuck it. Hey, no, nah, man. The Hypersleep Pod is a pro-Palestine pro podcast. Pro-Palestine. Unabashed. No two ways about Unabashed. it. You heard what we said about the film industry earlier. <laughs> I said no discernible fate. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. I was talking about something else. Um, and then of course he asks for her a phase plasma <laughs> rifle in the forty watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. Just what you see on the wall, pal. Oh, I love it. Then uh, he goes, uh, so which one will it be? All of them. No, he just goes, all. All. Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, all. I, might, I might close early today. Yeah, wow, four guns. I'm going to just close down. We don't have to keep repeating it's each gonna other. It's going to cover my rent. Like if I say a quote from the movie, you I'm don't have riffing. to repeat it. You know, I if added, you say something from the movie, I don't have I to repeat it. I added to it. It's called yes ending. And that's the lowest form of comedy. <laughs> Improv. That's definitely the lowest form of comedy, man. I don't know. You got clowning. Clowning is hard, Clowning's though. in there. For better or for worse, man, that's hard. I guess so. You know, yeah. did you ever see Baskets? No. The show with Zach Gal- Galifianakis about the clowning? No. I think it's a thing. Uh, yeah, anyway. While, <laughs> while Dick Miller is turning to, I don't know, ring it up. Yeah, ring it up. Uh, Arnie decides to put it quit promptly open up a box of shotgun shells put one in the 12 gauge auto loader Dick Miller catches him doing this and says hey pal you can't do that to which Arnie replies wrong and blasts his ass yeah wrong wrong uh so 
I think yeah. So we already we already mentioned Kyrie's being a bum. He's like sawing off his shotgun and like yeah. This is where he's sawing off the shotgun. Yeah. Uh, we get another great scene here. I love it's a it's a, it's a small scene, but I love it's Arnold's little phone booth scene. And there's this big like biker guy in the phone booth. And he's like, "Come on, baby, you gotta come pick me up." And he's like, "I don't care what you do. You gotta come pick me up now." And he just grabs this dude and ragdolls him out of the phone booth. And he starts looking for the like, Sarah Connor names, right? And he doesn't know, you know, which one she is. So he just grabs the page. And then you can hear the phone dang like, come on, Mort, what are you doing, Mort? Yeah. Mort, come on, come on, Mort. That, that dude in the payphone looks like a pro wrestler. Yeah, he. I feel like, like he's been in a lot of other movies. What is movies. that rest of the tag team, like the hillbillies? Like it looks like Tex Cobb, but it wasn't him, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So actually, right before, I forgot to mention, there's one thing that he says to, uh, or that Dick Miller says when he's in the, uh, in the store. And he's giving him all the guns. He goes, yeah, any one of these would be ideal for home defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And he says it in a way where he knows it's bullshit, too. He's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to defend yourself against an intruder. You know, this this Italian auto shotgun will do perfect. It's perfectly. after he hands him the Uzi and he goes, oh, you really know your stuff. Any one of these would be ideal for home defense. Like, yeah, okay. It's like this this constant lie they all have to maintain. Like any gun oh, seller yeah, has sure. to constantly like reassert this narrative that yeah. everything that they're selling is for home defense and bongs are for tobacco oh, you know absolutely right <laughs> yeah exactly so he, ro- he 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 finds the sarah connors he rolls up uh on a, a house he crushes a child's toy yeah Very he, dri- ominous. he drives over i think there's a metaphor there too of optimus like, prime yeah about optimus prime <laughs> that's always what i thought when i was a kid i'm like no optimus prime. yeah so the, the machines defeat the humans and then the autobots come down and fight the machines autobots would kick the terminators fucking without ass, a doubt so whatever hunter killer my ass you uh, know? this scene's actually pretty harrowing and i really like the way it's done so this is good goes yeah. up to the door he knocks on the door and a woman answers it uh, she's supposed to be 35 I, oh dear i don't know 55 maybe what what timeline people who are 35 look like that but um it was the she, 80s the acting is really good and she, he's like sarah Connor, and she goes yes and he pushes through her little like you know door bracer thing they yeah have. the uh the chain lock the chain lock yeah, right thank you kicks the door down uh and she's just in shock right she doesn't even move as he like takes out the fucking laser pistol and like blasts her head yeah, off. yeah really good use of slow-mo here really excellent use of slow-mo and ex- just kind of an excellent like like she's in disbelief like she can't believe this is happening so she has no it reaction really captures the way that like when something crazy traumatic like that happens you just kind of freeze just like a regular person right yeah yeah so i, I, yeah, I really and that, like and that gun man is the I mean the sound effect there, that it makes. We talk. I think we've talked about it a lot before. I know we talk about it off pod. Uh, out sorry, outside of the pod. You can say <laughs> off pod. Off pod. Uh, we are a pod. We're in a pod. We're two peas in a pod. We're out of the pod now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know we're out. <laughs> uh, we're trapped in the pod. Uh, yeah. Um, there's something to be said for the value of like the perfect weapon in a movie really like establishing like a unique brand and tone you know like you've got like the uh uh no country for old men like the cattle prod yeah, exactly or robocop's gun well, or, or whatever I, I think it's important for a villain to have an iconic weapon like we were just talking about the transformers like megatron's like arm cannon right yeah like that's so like dirty hairy you well, know he's not a villain but yeah no or just any type of character he, he is the way i see those movies he is a, a cop who just shoots first and asks questions later yeah and as i recall history the, would prove him to be a, a villain lot the, a lot of the people he does shoot are uh, black or 
of Latin descent in those movies. <laughs> Go back and watch those movies, guys. <laughs> Take a look at the criminals. Except for the last one, which is that murder mystery with fucking Jim Carrey and Liam Neeson. That's pretty dope. Right. The Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. De- yeah Deadpool. The first Deadpool, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wade Wilson was just a baby. <laughs> a real weird interpretation of those comics that wouldn't come out for another 10 years. Um, but... Yeah, it, it, the, this gun is, like you said, we, we talked about it earlier. It's on the movie poster. It's so cool. And it's sort of like a technology that didn't really take off, but was so futuristic. Like, yeah. you just have to touch the trigger for the laser to to generate. Yeah. And then and apparently the issue with those guns, and I've looked it up, is that they weren't terribly accurate beyond a certain range. Well, that's not how scopes work, right? Like, no. they don't factor in the Coriolis effect, like drop, yeah. you know, over distance. So, so. it's all style. It was not really like an actual, it's kind of like Reebok pumps. I mean, they you know? use them now. Like, yeah, exactly. They're yeah, the Reebok pumps of the gun world. Use them now with like high powered exactly. SWAT rifles. Right. We're at close range. The velocity things, compensates right? for, yeah. Like, you don't really want your target to know they're about to get taken out. Like, the whole trope of like you, the, the person who's about to get shot sees the red dot like trailing up their body it's like i'll never get tired of that though i love it but it's not (laughs) that's not how it would work i don't think also why does he need it i don't (laughs) know he's a fucking robot i think like there's just something there's just something about uh arnie in this part of the movie where i just think he or in that part of the movie where he's getting the guns where he was just like i want all the cool guns hey he put the gloves on you know he obviously appreciates like swag points i guess so So moving on. I need on. all these guns and I need to look cool. Uh we cut back to uh the restaurant where Big uh, Jeff's Big Say Jeff's it. sorry. Home of the what was it? Super melt cheese melt? The chili cheese deluxe. God. Can we go out for chili cheese deluxes after this, please? I'll make you chili cheese deluxe one day. Oh, but, God, please. but you will like it. It's not crisp food. I'm gonna give you the burly You'd beef later. Literally you know puke out your ass you if I you want some burly beef. If it's from you, it's probably going to be ginger beef, <laughs> shredded ginger beef. I don't get it. Neither do I. Uh, so we cut back to, to, to Big Jeff's and uh, Sarah's coworker, her coworker friend frantically, you know, uh, ushers her into the employee lounge. You and shows, see this. Yeah. It shows her the news report where Sarah Connor is killed. You're dead, honey. You're dead, honey. Yeah. She kind of brushes <laughs> it off or whatever. Right. I love that line. Um I think is this where we uh, it's really morbid because she's loving it. And Sarah's like, that's fucking it's kind of fucked up because the guy says like brutally killed. You yeah. Know, 35 year old Sarah death Connor. In her home. Uh, I think 35 year old Sarah Connor. <laughs> uh, I think at this point we cut back to Reese, who is also hot wiring a car. Yeah. The second of three hot wiring scenes in this film. Uh, yeah. He's chilling in this car that he's hot wired in like a industrial park. And there's like a big crane. Uh, There's construction some, going some on, kind of construction. you know. Some classic late night construction. It's LA in the 80s, baby. The city <laughs> yeah. never sleeps. The business is booming. You know that what I'm saying? That, that is their slogan, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the windy apple. Got away with a, Got away with one there. Uh, and I think we got, we got our first uh, really awesome future kind of like flashback yeah, here. Yeah, the tank treads on this whatever excavator give him PTSD flashbacks of the future. Oh man. The flashbacks f- to the future. It's you know what the, I'm saying? The fade in, I do, I do know what you're saying. The fade in here where like the the modern machinery kind of fades into the futuristic. The, the treads. With, and then it pans down and it's just like rolling over skulls, skulls on the ground. Skulls, man. I love how the ground is just covered in skulls. Oh yeah, that's metal as fuck. Because it, it is super fucking metal, man, because everyone is like laying down where they died in the blast, right? Yeah. So you just have like, it's like. Yeah, they don't have the resources to recover those bodies. I don't think they have the interest they in recovering have the bodies. skin and stuff on them. This isn't but we'll the Matrix. That part. They don't want the humans to live, right? They want to get rid of the meat. Yeah, yeah. You know? They so, want to terminate them. Exactly. Uh, 
this scene can only be described as a live action version of the video game Contra. Pretty much. I would yeah. say. Yeah. But yeah, it, Reese and uh, a female soldier are like kind of running some kind of At a young age, operation. I, I, I just jumped to conclusions that was his lover, but I don't think so. Well, we learn mm, some details about Reese's love life later in the film. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to say, no, it was not. He's gay. He's, he's a born again Christian. <laughs> People do fuck in the future. He just, he just doesn't. It's against his belief system. Yeah. He's a, he's a cyber Christian. So him and this, um, this companion are crawling their way through at nighttime, trying to escape what are called hunter killers. These are these sort of giant tank. What a great name, eh? Yeah. Like the, I like the consistent language. Well, we're of, coming, it's the same guy who came up with unobtainium, right? True. So, yeah, James Cameron is very basic. It's a hunter and a killer, hence hunter killer. Well, and you got Terminators. And I think the name of the, the planes is something else too. The, the drones is something very similar. Like, uh, fly planes. Yeah. Shooty, shooty boys. But it's a pretty awesome scene. Um, the, the, I just, I, we said it before, but I love anything in the future. Like laser noises in movies are like, I mean, Star Wars is great, I guess, but like they got a good one. It's a decent one. I like but Transformers, it's really easy to screw up. how they differentiate between the Autobots and yes. the Decepticons. Yeah. And then Megatron and Optimus Prime each have individual sound effects for their guns. One of my favorite is the uh, TIE Fighters. I think it's the best one yeah. in Star Wars. Like, whap, 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 yeah. TIE right? Fighters are fantastic. Yeah. But this shit. Like these the sort of face plasma rifles in the 40 watt range. Sounds like metal sliding across. It's some, yeah, like, it's got a, some like sheet metal sound or something. It's a good, like it's probably made with like a, like a synth, like a Moog synth or something. Yeah. It's got like a good fucking it does. weight to it, you know? Yeah. But uh, one of them hits this girl companion and she Oof. fucking explodes, oh, man. Into pieces. Just like, I, I forgot about that. Just that happened. Chunky. I was like, whoa, yeah, she, she gone. is. She was there and she is not there. Yeah. He just kind of moves on. Cause she's, she's got, cause that's how it is. Right. Yeah. He makes a little face like, ah, damn it. He does managed to blow up a hunter killer because he's a badass yeah uh and then those, he, those cool like cylindrical the plastic grenades. man the plastic yeah. that he's been making since he was a kid which again not plastic no most incorrectly used uh no weapon term in movie history no, he, they're what, making pipe bombs what he's later. making is, nitro, is homemade nitroglycerin is yeah. what he's making yeah which is what he says too yeah yeah he said basically but nitroglycerin more stable, but more stable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot like uh Bruce Willis a diehard, but like a higher pitched and like more excited. Yeah. It's sort of just a trope of that, of that time to be kind of the tough guy talks like this. I'm troubled. I'm trying so hard all the time. Everything gotta, in the future sucks. Gotta take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, yeah. So he jumps oh, into it. It's, what, it's what a quick I, what sequence. I, what I love here is when he snaps back from his uh, PTSD in the car and like in the present, uh, he wakes up and immediately cocks his shotgun yeah even like before his eyes are open so yeah and in, in at the end of his dream him and uh him and somebody else get blown up in a car and he wakes up you know from burning in the dream so yeah all, all most of his dreams end terribly <laughs> you know it's he's a tragic he's character. a troubled man uh we cut now to uh um, sarah and ginger's place sarah and ginger man that would have been a fun house to hang out in in 1984 oh yeah so sarah's got a hot roommate named ginger who's who's Kind of a flues, but a flues with a heart of gold. Yeah, we learned she's a that sweetie. Sarah, much like Selma Bouvier, has a <laughs> pet iguana named Pugsley. Pugsley, what a great name for yeah. a pet iguana, huh? Uh, and that's not, the name of the kid from Adam's family, correct? Right? Yeah, correct. Okay. I'm assuming that is that intentional. You I'm think? assuming yeah. so. Uh, well, Pugs, Pugsley's out of control, man. Yeah, I gotta say, he's all over that. He's, he's out of his cage place. a bunch. He's hissing. She needs to set some boundaries with him. 
We, uh, He's we, a real purse iguana. <laughs> we do another uh, undercut here and meet two new characters. Uh, Wait, hang on, hang on. You, you're not going to skip over this scene at Sarah and Ginger's place where Sarah answers the phone. Oh, does that happen here? Yeah. Oh, I thought that happened after. No. Okay, I'm sorry. Go, go do, for it They're here. doing their hair in the bathroom together. Talk, take us through this scene. When the phone rings, Sarah answers... And this is where we meet Matt. I like Matt. I love Matt. Matt's a good guy, man. Yeah. Matt is played by, fuck, I had it. What is his name? I had it all day. And then now, maybe it's because I've been drinking. I can't remember his name. I'm going to I'm gonna pull it he up. He had like one oh, beer. Uh, oh, Rick Rossovich right. is the guy's name. He was in something else too, he right? He is Slider in Top Gun. That's right. Top Gun. Yeah. He's in a couple, Slider. Of, a couple other things. You stink. He's in a couple other things too. He's he has been in a few things. He's an 80s he's guy. He's an 80s character actor. An 80s character actor. He's a handsome dude in good shape. I think he's probably been a soldier I think in a he movie looks, or two. I, he looks affable. Looks like an affable guy, you know? Yeah, he's fun. I like the character of Matt too. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure he's horny for Sarah, but you know. Well, I mean, I'd be horny for both of them too. I mean, that, the entire process, the entire time dating either one of them would just be trying to yeah. Seal the three-way deal there, right? For sure. But yeah, so he, he calls and gets Sarah on the line. And um, some things you need to know about Matt up top are he's really bad at recognizing voices. Uh, he's real horny. And he real, fucking real hates sleeves. The, these are the things we know about Matt. <laughs> so he starts talking like phone sex in a whispery voice. First thing I'm going to rip the buttons off your blast one by one. Yeah, then I'm going to kiss my way down to your whatever. Your, to your sweaty vagina. Yeah. <laughs> To your 80s bush. Past, past, past your headphones to your neck. What's up with the headphones, man? Yeah. That's, that's a kind of a weird thing. It's a fun character choice. We haven't got there yet. Yeah. But she's always wearing headphones. That's she's ginger. Got she's got, ginger. Yeah, she's got them on here. Anyway, yeah, he, he she laughs. He feels embarrassed. Uh, passes the phone to ginger. Now we are cops. Then, yeah, now we meet two, two all-timers two, right two, here, baby. Two real studs here. Yeah. Uh, Paul Winfield. The great Paul Winfield. The great Paul Winfield. Uh, very well known for his voice work, his uh, as well as his uh, live action work, but he plays Lieutenant Traxler yep. in this. And then uh, his immediate subordinate, the original casting choice for the Terminator, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that is so crazy. Uh, Lance motherfucking Henriksen. So I these are written, two of my favorite character actors of all down time. here. Lance motherfucking Henriksen. Yeah, that's how you got to say it. Let's run down some of the performances of these guys. These are two. No, no hyperbole. Two of my favorite character actors of all time. Big time. Yeah. Paul Winfield is in multiple uh iterations of star trek right so he's in uh wrath of khan yeah he's the uh the captain of the the ship with Chekhov when they get captured at the beginning by khan <sighs> and he ends up like blasting himself with the phaser so he doesn't get the, you know okay so because he's infected by the weird weird things yeah you i know what i'm talking there's about a, i can't remember what podcast it was but uh, some comedian tells a story is like a third hand story here but Tells the story of running into Paul Winfield in an elevator in Vegas and being all drunk and being so stoked because they're a big Star Trek fan. And they said to him, like, oh, hey, are you Paul Winfield? And he's like, yes. And he's like, I love you. The uh, Star- Wrath of Khan is one of my favorite movies. You're so great in that. And he goes, mm, they killed me so that the white man could live. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So that Chekhov could live. Yeah. Fucking Chekhov. And then he, of course, we would be remiss as the hypersleep pod, nay, the handsome boys, not to mention that he plays uh, Lucius Sweet. He does. Don King parody uh, promoter of uh, uh, 
Frederick Tatum. Frederick Tatum. Sorry, took, excuse yeah, me. No, it took me a second there too. Yeah. Uh, he also, uh, one of my favorite Paul Winfield performances is as the voice of Merklin the Wizard in the Visionaries t- uh, cartoon TV series. Oh, really? Remember Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light. Oh, yes. Light. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the voice of the wizard. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. That's great. And he's fantastic. And that, so Visionaries was notable for a couple things. It was notable for being the only Hasbro uh, franchise developed and created like and to sell those toys that only lasted 13 episodes right and it's notable for being like written in such a way as that children would just be confused at what they were listening to like it's I, too clever it's i remember too, it being it's too, confusing it's too subtle yeah like the humor is way too like way too like out there for kids and they, and like the action is too it's not like bombastic enough like transformers or gi joe was or thundercats was right yeah but it's so good like just you can't. I don't think probably you, makes it hold up better, right? Yeah, it's so fucking good. I don't even think that you can buy it anymore. I think you you can just pirate the shit out of it. Like you still all be on YouTube, but Hasbro I, or it's one of those. There's a few American animated series that are up on the big anime websites because they're hard to find, and I'm pretty sure that's one of them. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we should do a little a little please, mini series. Please tell me about that. I will Art, send you. I'll send I'm, you a link. Uh, I'd love to watch that again. Uh, before we move off, Paul Winfield, real quick. He the other thing he's in in Star Trek is in one of the famously one of the best episodes of. Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. The Darmok and Jalad episode. I don't remember if that's what it's called or not. But yeah, where he doesn't know the, the where they where the, it's the only species where the universal translator can't decipher their language because they speak in like metaphor. metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Uh I, I just want to look up that character's name because I remember. Before we alienate the audience any further. Yeah. yeah. Let's get real deep into this shit. Uh hold tight, you know. I got it. Well, why are you looking for that? Uh, Lance Henriksen, you, you'll know him uh, from Handsome Boys, classic Aliens as Bishop the Android. Uh, he was on a long running TV show that took place in the X-Files universe called Millennium. Mm-hmm. That was really, really good. That was all filmed here. I was actually an extra in an episode of Millennium when I was a young kid because it was filmed at my high are school. Are you serious? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very brief, right? Yeah. Like it was pretty cool though. Okay. So hang on real quick. It's they are their species is called the Temerians, and he is Captain Dathon. Nice, yeah, nice, great episode. Uh, Shaka when the walls fell. Anyway, baby. Uh, it's it's so cool that these guys play the cops in it. And wait, hang just, on, wait, I'm sorry, I know we're wasting so much time, but what is Lance Hendrickson in? I just said a bunch of shit. Did you? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I so, was googling. Yeah, so you know, aliens, uh, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, <laughs> as we mentioned before. <laughs> Uh, that show Millennium that he was on for years. Oh, the Quick and the Dead. Quick and the Dead. Oh yeah, is the uh, a- the a- card? What is it? Ace. Ace, the card player guy. Yeah, Ace something. Who made up his legend? Yeah. We actually recorded a Quick and the Dead episode that never uh, saw the light of day. Unfortunately, might have been the drunkest we ever were recording this. I was fucking hammered during that one. Yeah. No, Jaws. 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 Yeah. yeah. Jaws. What a shame. We'll have to revisit yeah. that one. Uh. Anyway. Um. Back to the uh, so we meet them and they're the basically fuck are we talking about? <laughs> they're basically scared now because two women now named Sarah Connor have been killed and the press has found out about this and they're calling him the phone book killer and they they basically figure out they need to track down the other Sarah Connor in L A and keep her safe because this is clearly some type of a lunatic. I noticed that Lance Hendrickson says when they they mix the points out to Traxler that it's two women with the same name Sarah Connor. He goes the press is going to be short stroking all over this. <laughs> I love the whole like, oh, the press. We got to get there before the press, mm-hmm. the fucking press. Like the They're 80s gonna have is a all fucking about field day. The press going to have a field day. What like, is a field day? Uh, a field day means the other team doesn't show up. So you just have a run of the field. Oh, yeah. It's a sports In, thing. That's I was making a joke and now I learned something. Yeah. And that's very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, so <laughs> back to Sarah and Ginger's place. Uh, it's two to... hours later, and they're just about done doing their hair. And Sarah gets that phone call that nobody wants to get on the date night. The douchebag cancels. Yeah, and he leaves a message. That's the equivalent today of sending a text message to bail. Yeah, right. Leaving a fucking message. He's like, "Oh, Sarah, sorry, something came up, but I just couldn't get out of it." Well, I mean, he did call. She was just busy doing her fucking hair with Ginger. I guess that's true. So he kind of he he kind of got out of, got away with one there then. I, I, this is dumb, but I, did you really enjoy the like catharsis of just watching somebody play messages on an answering machine? You know what I mean? I mean, I guess it kind of takes you back to that time when your parents would come home and they yeah. would like not know who the messages were from. And there's yeah. that anxiety of like, you're pushing the button and you're like, who's it going to be? Is exactly. it going to be someone I know? Or is it going to be my boss saying I have to come into work tomorrow or it, some shit? It was a simpler, better time. And I just, I, you know, it'd be nice if we could kind of get back there somehow and just kind of make America great again. You know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, I have a couple of pamphlets you can take home with you tonight. <laughs> so she gets that call. Uh, she tells, uh, you know, Matt, uh, she tells Ginger or whatever. I'm going to go out to a movie. The guy had a Porsche, Nathan. Who cares if he has a Porsche? Yeah. Uh, as she leaves, she runs into Matt, who gives her a, a nice wet kiss on the cheek. It's a good fake out, right? I like it. It was good. <laughs> it's we know good somebody's fake stalking out. Yeah. her at this point. The first time I saw this movie, that got me. Like the yeah, very, very first sure. time. Um, uh, but she hops on her scooter and Reese, we see Reese follow so her. So she's already got like he's the sticking, vibe, Yeah, he's right? sticking her. She's you already got a, like, she's getting a, a, the I'm being followed feeling. She's starting to get paranoid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Reese is, you know, Reese is good. Well, good reason. A fucking homeless person is following her around. <laughs> Um, uh, we go, sinewy, yeah, we go, we stinky go back, man, and we go back to the cops here trying to track her down. They're, they've got lots of funny lines, and then uh, Traxler says, "I'm going to go out and you know try and like make the press work for us for a change. I'm going to like appeal yes uh, through them for her to come and talk to us." Right? Something I really liked about the scene, uh, by the way, Henderson's character's <laughs> name is Vukovic. Vukovic, Vukovic, right? Vukovic. Their chemistry together, it's amazing. They're few in the like the. Three scenes in the movie they have together. It's like they've known each other for 20 years. 100%, man. Well, they're like, just fucking professionals. They're just too good together, though. Yeah. Like should, I want to see their backstory movie. Um, There's a scene here where, so like when they're talking about what they're going to do, you can tell Traxler, even though he's like the vet, is getting a little anxious about how to handle the situation. And he's already smoking a cigarette. And he goes, give me a cigarette. Right? And he goes, give me a cigarette. And then while Vukovic is saying something, he like realizes he's already got a lit smoke in his hand. So he pushed, puts the pack that down on the table. I also like how when there's a scene where Traxel like picks up a cup of coffee and he goes, the coffee's three hours cold. And he goes, mm. he goes, I put a cigarette out in it. He just takes a big <laughs> swig of it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I think that the, I put a cigarette out in it is ad libbed. He's just, yeah, I think so too. I think, I think so. he's just fucking with him. I right? think it's great. Because he already says he doesn't care about it being two hours old. He's uh, like, I also put a cigarette uh, in it. Do you ever know anyone who is that who who would just like such a fucking coffee addict that they would just pick up a cup of cold coffee and just put it back? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting. Oh, I, I used to like pour a cup of coffee at work and then if I got busy, it would just sit there for a couple hours and then I would just do it like a shot like two hours later. I'd just go make another cup of coffee, man. Like Shaw coffee. Oh the worst. Fuck. Our office coffee is notoriously bad. Yeah, well, good thing we don't have to deal with that ever again. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't go back there if you paid me. Yeah, so those two are great together. That scene's great. Yeah. Uh, then we cut back to Sarah and Ginger's apartment where Matt and Ginger are boning. While sharing headphones? Yeah. Ginger has her headphones in while she's getting fucked. Like one's on her and one's on him. That's why he turns it up. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. They're like sharing the headphones while they're like... She's just grooving out. Yeah. It's I love a- it too because he's like under her shirt. Is like in it with her. Yeah. Too. It's very strange. Yeah. That's how James Cameron thought young people had sex at the time. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what the kids are doing here. This is it's a, that's what that girl in the last set told me. How do uh, young people have sex? Uh, we cut back to Sarah, who's alone at a pizza restaurant, eating by herself because she's a fucking loser. Uh huh. Um, and she sees the police report about the nut, the other Sarah Connor getting shot. Yeah. So now she's fucking freaking out. The phone book killer. Yeah. So she runs. So she runs to the phone book. I, I also like to see where like it's on in the bar for some reason, and then one of the bar patrons is like, "Turn that off." And she's like, "Don't go, touch it." Go back to the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then she goes to check the phone book to look for another twenty four seven all you can eat pizza restaurant. Presumably. Presumably. Uh, no, it's she looks up her name, and she realizes she's the third Sarah Connor in the phone book. Yeah. She leaves. Well done, sir. You're on point. Hey. Uh, so she leaves. Uh, Reese is following her, and now she's kind of noticed that Reese is following yes. her. Yeah, this she's is where she first catches him following her. Yeah. She thinks, obviously, the implication here is she's like, oh, this guy's the killer. This he's, homeless person he's is, following me. is following me. Yeah. So where does she go? <gasps> Into the tech noir, the most 80s place in movie history, <laughs> yeah, baby. Dude. Right up there with the Blue Oyster from. Uh, uh, police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I haven't thought about that in 25 years. <laughs> you think about that before you go to bed every night, every night and cry. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Uh, so tech noir is kind of like the, the aesthetic and like style of this has been co-opted by the synthwave subculture that I'm a big fan of for sure. Quite a bit. Didn't you say there's a synthwave artist named Tech Noir? I, I'm pretty sure, or like something, something like, like or that. some type of like f- twisting of that name, right? And yeah. it's pretty bad. It's yeah. It's really, really cool. Like the whole aesthetic. And it's very like kind of like a pastiche of like punk electro new wave kind of stuff. It's like, I mean, it's it's better than in some movies, but I think we've pointed it out in other movies, but it's a little confused. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, is this like for hip young kids? Is this for God? Is know. it a punk bar? It's its own place. Yeah. There's like, you know, uh, like a uh, fence, like, uh, you know. Like chain link fence. Chain link. Thank you. God, why couldn't I think of chain link? I, I don't know. Uh yeah, there's like chain link fence pieces up and like neon and like yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It looks like the background in a fighting game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks that's, like a Street Fighter level. That's what it looks yeah, like to 100%. me. Hundred percent. You know, it looks ridiculous. Like you do gonna, cage fighting there. Like on you're gonna go Sundays. fight at the club and then you and you're you're at Tech Noir and everyone's there is watching you in the background. You know, animated three frames. I was going to say, doing three frame animation of pumping her fists in the air. So (laughs) while she's there, something bad happens. Yeah. One of the, one of the, probably the most depressing part of the movie, you know, and a movie with a lot of death and murder in it. Agreed. Yeah. So we see Arnie approaching Sarah and Ginger's apartment building. Uh, well, actually, briefly, when she's in Technoir, she grabs a phone and she tries to call 911. She's and it's frequently busy. trying to call the cops yeah. and she's getting transferred around everywhere. Yeah, all the, all the lines are busy. <laughs> it's LA in the 80s, I, man. I guess, yeah. Nakatomi Lo- Plaza is lit up right now. <laughs> Lots of pre- police brutality to report. The Rampart Division was just getting warmed up. <laughs> it was a couple years later. Was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Arnie's approaching Sarah and Ginger's place. Ginger has fucked Matt into a coma. He's out cold. Yeah. And she goes into the kitchen to make 10 sandwiches. What the <laughs> fuck is going on, man? Pulls out a full loaf of bread. Like she's just a head fucking, of lettuce. Like she's just fucking throwing things on this sandwich, man. She's making a fucking fridge sandwich. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, a peanut butter is out there for some reason. Like Yeah, she's making a peanut butter and lettuce sandwich. With eggs? Quadruple decker. 
Uh, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, I wrote, what sandwich is she making? <laughs> and also, she gets spooked by Pugsley, who... Oh, you little shit. As I mentioned, is out of control. Fuck. That should really should be in its cage 24-7. What do you think happened to Pugsley? <laughs> yeah. Do you think he ate non-jitcher? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think that he escaped out the window after all this, and started his own life in another town, reinvented himself. I feel like a, a jungle lizard could survive in LA somehow. Oh yeah. I think it's one of those States like Florida where like pythons and iguanas just survive. Yeah. Cause it's the right climate, right? Yeah. They can eat, there's enough insects. Yeah. They have no predators. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Artie climbs in through the sliding glass window. I don't really understand the geography of their apartment at all. It doesn't matter. Are they on the ground? I guess they're on the ground floor. They're either on the ground floor or in like a walk, like a like a step up or something like that. Yeah, like a walk up. But he uh, he tries to get Matt, and Matt wakes up at the last second and moves out of the way. I hate this scene, right? Because I really like Matt. And I he's know. just like an innocent guy, and like you know, when it's cops or whatever that uh, get in the Terminator's way, he's going to blow them away. I don't feel terribly bad about it because they have guns. Uh-huh. But Matt's just like a a good dude. He's just he's trying his best. You know, at least he went out after having what I can only assume is mind blowing sex. Yeah, you know, without a doubt. So but yeah, ginger fucks good. Yeah, you, you know. Uh, so don't he, make me bust you up, man. Yeah, I hate that. So it's so brutal. So the Terminator just basically ra- already just ragdolls him around until he's dead. Oh yeah, he brutalizes uh, him and then shoots ginger in the back. And uh, while she's crawling away, begging for not begging for her life, but crawling away for her life, uh, he finishes her off brutally, and then uh, Sarah leaves a message identifying herself as Sarah. I love the way he turns around. Yeah, here's like, the so fast. answering machine. Like just immediately like zips back to the answering machine like right a machine i love it it's great he yeah. acts being a machine very well i'm sure a lot of that is james cameron's directing for sure i, I want to make one note here uh as matt is getting his ass kicked i observed that he is wearing navy blue briefs uh and r- red socks pulled all the way up as was the style at the time. He, so Matt fucks in his socks, and that's a bold and confident choice, and I respect it. I've got shit for that before. Yeah, I've got like I got I got I had someone call me a weirdo. Oh no, for that, and I was like, I didn't think that that was a thing. Like I didn't know that that was something that offended people. Fucking, I'm so sick of. I just didn't feel like taking them off. I'm you know? so sick of women gaslighting men. I don't know, man. I just think like if you. I want mean, me to take- it, admittedly, it's not a good look for a naked man. Yeah, but you're not supposed to like glare at me naked afterwards, right? It's like things happen in the moment. Do I want to take all my clothes off or do I stop at the socks because I'm lazy? Yeah. Well, I don't think it makes me a, a quote unquote weirdo. No, anyway. there's plenty of other things you can look to for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're dead. Uh, he knows where she is they're now. They're dead. Um, she finally manages to get a hold of the cops. <laughs> And they basically tell her to stay put. Traxler tells her to stay put. He I'm, says, at, I'm at the bar called the Tech Noir. He goes, I yeah, know I the place. D- yeah, I know it. It's yeah, on Pico. I go there all the time. My wife's out of town. I think that like all cops know all clubs. Sure. Like they've been called there at least once in there, you know, yeah. to do something. Uh, Traxler for his on S&M Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you picture Paul Winfield with his. Great, great curly chest hair on all fours and a leot in a leather leotard, <laughs> assless chaps. <laughs> so they 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 basically tell her all the wrong things. They're like, "Don't worry, you're in a public place. Everything's gonna be fine. Stay put. No one's gonna try anything there." And uh, we have this really cool kind of slow motion sequence of uh, Arnie entering the club and like looking for her. Yeah, and yeah, he just walks right in, 
despite the fact that he is way underdressed. He didn't pay the 450. Didn't pay the 450. Breaks the bouncer's hands. I love that. Which is great. The guy goes, hey, man, and grabs his shoulder and he just grabs the hand and crushes it. Yeah. That's a trope that'll be replayed throughout various Terminator movies. Yeah. Just the hand crush. It's a great way to display that he is superhumanly strong, I think. Uh, I like this, too, the way this all kind of plays out. So Reese is in there watching Which we don't know yet. We don't know just yet. Arnie and Sarah, like coincidentally miss each other like she bends down to do something she knocks he... her she knocks her canada dry uh chubby <laughs> off of the counter did you not is that know what that? it is yeah oh, I did not like chubby that. bottle of canada dry oh, perfect and she knocks it off the counter and like bends down to pick it up and at that moment arnie like scoops it it's such like he doesn't use a lot of slow-mo in his action too much like he does with the the fist through the window in a, in a couple minutes the fisting scenes yeah the fisting scenes yeah. those are all slow-mo yeah for obvious reasons you have to see the fist go in right right you want to enjoy but, it he uses it to like build the tension really well. And he doesn't 100%. use, he doesn't use that old cheesy slow-mo that like a lot of American movies did where like the frames are too fast. Where the frame rate drops. Yeah. The frame yeah. rate drops too much. This time it was a smooth, slow frame, like a John Woo movie. Right? I totally, yes. Like a John Woo movie. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that this time it's a, it's a night and day difference. And it's very cool. And so basically he zeroes in on her. Now he, we, we forgot to mention that when he was at her place, he found her ID. So now he knows what she looks what she like. Looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, smart of her to go out on her scooter and leave her driver's license at home. Yeah. You goddamn airhead, Sarah. You deserve, classic, you deserve classic to Sarah. die. Uh, so just about, uh, Arnie's got the laser on her head, just like the other Sarah Connor. He's just about to blow she her away. She freezes too, right? Again, yeah. same thing. You're traumatized. And uh, Reese manages to just start fucking unloading shotgun blasts yeah, on him. Yeah, pulls out his shotgun. I like how we didn't mention it earlier, but so he sawed off the shotgun, but he took a, a string yeah. and like tied it to either end so he could like swing it out from under his duster That's real really quick. really cool. Yeah. But he manages to pull it out just in time to blast Arnie before he can shoot Sarah. That's why he got the shotgun at the beginning, because he knows he needs a weapon that's going to be able to like move this thing back. Yeah, as much firepower as possible. Like you can't just shoot a fucking pistol at it. Uh, And, you know, uh, Arnold being the Terminator uh, just (laughs) pulls out his Uzi and just like unloads on the. (laughs) Oh, God, man, this is so many people just get blown away. Yeah, lots of collateral damage. So at one point, Sarah's running out of the the club and she's there's a girl running behind her and Arnold just fucking blasts her in the back. Yeah, she falls on Sarah so bad. And the same thing kind of happens. He's just I love the way he just methodically like ejects his clip and just starts putting another clip in and just like without any hesitation or nuance, just like cocks it. It's just about to point it at her again. And then Reese again saves her one more time. Yeah. It, I love like the directing on Arnie, the way he handles the guns. It's so cool. Like, he, it, it, to be the Terminator, this robot killing machine, he can't have any like style. No, it's all got to be like, what's the most clinically quick way to do everything, changing the clips and everything. Like it's all, he doesn't look, it's all real smooth and just business, you yeah. know? And I think that pays off. It really does. So they're, you know, running away from him down the he, alleyways. He reshoots uh, Arnie out of a window and he yeah. drops for a second. And that's when we get come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Which is a classic right? line from the franchise. And uh, they, 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 they escape into Reese's car car. He actually <laughs> so real sad. Sorry. I was burping. He was uh, burping. He jumps. Uh, <laughs> this is actually great. Cause it's a stunt man with an Arnold mask on. Yeah. Which you don't really notice too much when you're watching on VHS when you're a kid, but you can notice it pretty, pretty well here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, a, I think it was a Michael Myers mask. Or something that's the legend that they like modified to look like him oh, or something well, like that. Well, because isn't the Michael Myers mask uh, a 
uh, William Shatner mask turned inside out. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I think that's what I remember hearing something like that. It was like a Michael Myers mask. He like modified to look to like it. him. Yeah. So that this guy just, you know, he jumps on the car and he puts his fist right through the windshield. Well, yeah. yeah. And uh, they managed to briefly escape him before he manages to co-opt a cop car. I know all the cops are after them. Yeah. So they're in, they're in a car. Reese's car, I guess. Arnie's in a cop car. He fucking fucks up the cop that he takes the rub to. Yeah. Just smashes, smashes, smashes his, his face into the door frame. Oh, man. It's great. Uh, yeah. And then as this car chase is ensuing, this is where Reese starts like dropping some, uh, you know, exposition on Sarah and explaining like who he is and why he's there. <laughs> yeah. He says stuff to her like, uh, I'm assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. <laughs> You've been targeted for termination. I didn't do anything. No, but you will. Uh, it's like, what am I, I going to do? I'm, you're going to smash an orderly with a mop handle and jab <laughs> a guy in the neck with a syringe full of drain cleaner. It's really cool. Uh, <laughs> but don't worry. He would have probably assaulted you for years before that. So it'll all be justified. He licks your face. So we all, the audience, we know it's okay. It's really gross. It disturbed Nathan when he was young. It might've been improv too, which is real weird. Uh, yeah, he says, he says, it's very important that you live. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she, then, I mean, that's, I guess, honestly, like during a kidnapping, that's probably what you want to hear, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, usually the opposite. Well, that, that takes care of one of the things like, I was concerned about. It's so important that you live. Oh, good. So you're not going to kill me? Uh, he says, uh, oh, Sarah says, uh, how could that man just get up? Uh, he's, he's not a man. He's a machine. Uh, Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. Because she's going to know what that means. Yeah. The, uh, fucking Reese has is a nice guy. He means well, but he is earnest to a fault. Yeah, but like you have to think about, you know, who Reese is, right? Like, he, first of all, he's a soldier and he's sent back in time by his father because he has to be, right? Like, he's obviously going to know who his father is. Like, she must tell him. Like in every single Terminator story that comes out after the second one, she I think even she John in the Terminator 2 knows who he is. Yeah, I think it's yeah. implied that because she obviously knows after the events of this movie. So when she's raising little John, she tells him, like, you got to find this guy and send him back. Yeah. And or like he's your you're, father. You're gonna meet, one day you're going to meet this guy, Kyle Reese. That's your father. You have to send him back to keep exactly. this cycle going. Right. Yeah, That's how I read it. So too. like he, he was probably like told he was special brought like elevated out of these ranks and like, you know, been like, Hey, you know, you're my guy. You're my, here's a picture of my mom. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. For you to jerk off to. Exactly. (laughs) What else are you going to jerk off to? Did you see the kids, those, the TV that those kids were watching? (laughs) It was a pretty terrible show. Was was it just flames? It was just, it was just that lame holiday fire thing over and over again. 24 (laughs) seven. Real high def. Uh, but no, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think it's, you, you have to like think of the context of Reese and like, this is what he's been groomed for. This is what he's been no, trained for. I'm making for. jokes, but like th- that's the character he would be right. Like yeah. he comes from a bleak world where everything is serious, right? He has that line later about how it's like, don't you feel anything? He's like, uh, pain can be dealt with. You just turn it off, you know, or whatever he says. Yeah. It's you, just like when just he's block it out, when he saw his female companion that he may or may not have been sticking it to get blown what, to pieces. What are there. girls like in your future? Good fighters. <laughs> Good warriors. Just like in the past. 
Uh, he also says he breaks down what Terminators are. Right. It's like a, he's a, this guy's a Terminator. Uh, and he does it all while escape driving too. Yeah, Don't for forget. sure. But when do, when do we park? We park soon. Yeah. Well, I just want to say he says that uh, the earlier models of Terminators, their infil- infiltration units, the earlier models had rubber skin. They look like uh, this Mick, is when they Mickey Rourke. They've or... parked at this point. <laughs> like you didn't say they parked. It, you stepped on my really, really funny yeah, joke. Yeah, because you're fucking up the order of the movie and that's more important. I don't know. It's all while they're in this car. Eventually they uh, park. Yeah. They like, they get out, they get, they, they get away, they get into a parking lot. And they duck down and they decide they have to change. Yeah, they're in, a, they're in a parking garage. So while this is happening, she's not buying it yet at this point. No. Uh, he she tries to escape. He grabs her. She bites him. Cyborgs don't feel pain. I do. Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, and she shows her like his wounds, his like various scars. Yeah. Her, his like Holocaust survivor, like scan or whatever. Yeah, his little barcode. His barcode. Uh, this is where we get the line that I referenced at the beginning of the episode of like, it can't be reasoned with or bargained with. It doesn't feel fear. Yeah, I like, got all that it. shit. No, I yeah. know you got it. I'm just saying this is where that happens. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, <laughs> do you want to pause and go out in the backyard and settle this or <laughs> no way you kick my ass. It wouldn't even be a contest. This guy does jujitsu. <laughs> I forgot that. that you knew that. <laughs> anyway, uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, let's do it because your body would be considered a weapon by the courts. So. I, my, my hands are registered as lethal weapons. Actually, it's jujitsu. So it's like my armpits and kneecaps. But no, she tells him. Or eventually she, he tells her everything. He tells her about Skynet, that John Connor, her son, is going to become the leader of the resistance. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of blown away by everything. But then obviously, like, she's being chased in by this relentless force. So she has no choice but to believe him. Yeah. Uh, she's, uh, uh, Reese says, uh, jo- uh, John, uh, a man named Connor right john john connor your son sarah he he taught us to fight back your unborn son to ride dirt bikes and hack atm machines and how to swear and look cool (laughs) wow well done (laughs) i really like that yeah well done (laughs) uh so he they do uh quickly get found yeah so he hotwires us a new car they like switch cars like you said yeah and right as that's hotwire number three three, four four yeah Yeah. i forgot about that one uh, it's right as Arnie, cause he hears, Arnie hears the police scanner in his yeah. cop car. So he knows where they are. He gets into the car park right as he's finishing hot wiring it. And they have this like kind of shotgun through the window shootout as yeah. they're driving out of so the car park. So he's holding his shotgun across her and yeah. blasting yeah, it out the window. Yeah, I thought about that too, man. Like, like, wow. Yeah. Like Sarah Connor, mother of the fighter of the future, yeah. deaf woman. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Live the rest of her John, life tell in me sign. all about you. You're a warrior, a fighter, <laughs> deaf. <laughs> deaf is a doornail. I wonder in sign language. He never told me how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, duck. <laughs> uh, I, what, I was going to say, what I love about this, it's not realistic, but this movie has that shit where so they're, they're hit, the Terminator and, and Reese are shooting these shotguns between the two cars. As no one's cocking anything. No, well, no, but... The when they fire them, like these sparks shoot out the oh, end. Oh, the fake muzzle flash. Yeah. <coughs> oh my god, are Name. you okay? Yeah. You're vaccinated, right? Oh uh, yeah, we got vaccinated together. Oh, yeah. On the same day. We held hands. The same time. <laughs> uh, no, they wouldn't let us do that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we we asked. We were there for an hour and a half before we had to finally. 
back down from our position. Uh, so they, th- this is a cool car chase. It is. And the entire, now the like entire LAPD is after them. A- another reference repeated in T2 as well. When Reese is realizing he's going to have to shoot it out with the Terminator, he switches seats with Sarah. He's like, yeah. drive, drive. Yeah. Which is repeated in Terminator. So they actually managed to disable Arnie's car and he crashes head on, <laughs> head on into a concrete head on wall. Into a concrete wall. <laughs> and then they get surrounded by uh, an, the equally murderous <laughs> Los Angeles police department and taken into custody. Out of the frying pan, into the how, fire. How he's about to get out of the car and Sarah's like, no, no, Reese, no, no, no. They'll kill you. They will shoot they'll, you. They will shoot you. And they it's might like, do it anyway. They'll just, it doesn't matter. White, black, they'll shoot you. They're going to have fun doing it. Uh, for a second, this time I was watching it, I was like, Oh, major plot hole. Why didn't Arnie just get out of the car and fucking like annihilate everyone? Okay, I thought about this but too. But he's all fucked up. Right. But he has to take himself back to, he has to fix his arm and everything like that. Yeah, he's not prepared he to take on all his guns. The, right? the extreme violence of the LAPD. I just think that like if he's mobility, like the one weakness of the Terminator, which we find is his exoskeleton. If his mobility is, is disabled, if you take out his legs, he becomes way less effective and you could probably... Right. Work around getting rid of him. Right. It's pretty hard to damage that though at the same time, right? Yeah. Like you'd, his you'd think so. He's made it some kind let's of say that, let's let like seven or eight cops, if he's limping and he can't move fast enough to like grab onto you, yet seven or eight cops with those shotguns from their cars just unloading on him. Yeah. Like I think eventually I don't know, because the thing that finally takes him apart is explosives, right? That's what blows apart the skeleton. Absolutely. But I just, I just think that like enough, like enough damage, like let's say if they were all just blasting like one side of his head, like a plate could like get blasted off. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I think he, that's just, just me like overthinking it. But I think like, this is good. That's the plot. That's the plot point. Like the Terminator realizes it now it's at a strategic disadvantage. It has to go regroup. Right. Yeah. Even though in theory, like if it got a hold of all these cops, it also risks exposure, and then that's another. That's like against infiltration, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you exp- if it, if it exposes itself as a machine from the future, well, then that's, the military is getting involved, and then you're fucked. Yeah, right. Then the whole timeline changes. But then Skynet gets way more powerful. Actually, I don't know anything about hey, that. Hey man, the timeline's already getting changed. No fate, but what we make for ourselves. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, so anyway, they do get they do get arrested. We go back to the station. Um, Sarah learns about the deaths of Ginger and Matt. Yeah, she's talking to Traxler. Yeah. And uh, then we meet Dr. Silberman. Dr. Silberman. A constant from the first uh, three Terminator movies. Oh, what's this dude's name? Bowen? Something like that? Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor. Steve Bowen? Something like that. Let's try to look it up for um, total recap. He is in a lot of other movies of this era as well, but I think he'll always probably be known as Dr. Silberman. Yeah, he pops up in things every now and then. So he's like the cop psychologist, right? Yeah. At, at this point, anyway. Yeah, he's a criminal psychologist. Yeah, because I think this is where Sarah says, I was like, are you a doctor? Yeah, criminal psychology. And he, she's like, uh, is Reese crazy? Well, that's what we're here to find out. The answer is yes. Yes, he is crazy. <laughs> Confirmed. Yes, he is crazy. Uh, in, in technical terms, what does she say? He's a loon. <laughs> that's a bit later, but yeah. that's amazing. So, oh, Earl Bowen is that guy's Earl name. Earl Bowen, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he is perfect for this role. So good. So, uh, I mean, he, and his role gets obviously expanded greatly in the second movie, and he has a little cameo in uh, T3, Yeah, which is pretty great. Uh, so, um, 
We do qu- cut to Arnie, who is, yeah, like we said, regrouping at the Fleabag uh, motel that he's staying in. Yeah, he climbs his way in the window of a motel. His eye's all fucked up. Yeah, his, well, his, his leg, eye, and wrist yeah. are all fucked up. We see the first part of the scene here, and then a little bit more later. But even this, the second part is... Where he rips out his eye. Fuck me, man. It's disgusting. Harrowing. Yeah. It's so hard to watch. He also made an animatronic Arnie. Oh god, that head is so great. It's so great. It's like you know it's a dummy, but Who it just has looks so good. That head, right? Like, do you it's think Arnie James, has it on James Cameron's coffee table? Yeah, I bet Arnie has it. I think Arnie probably has yeah. it. Yeah, he because he likes props. He keeps a lot yeah. of props from his movies, right? I would definitely keep that prop, man. That is super cool. But in this in this scene, he approaches a uh, like a workbench and he takes out one of those like little like paper cutting exacto knives. Yeah. And slices his fucking arm open, and we see his he like repairs little his Luke bones. Skywalker yeah. wrist bones moving yeah. around. Good reference there. Thank you. I appreciate. That. Yeah, so he's mentioning himself. Uh, this isn't fuck you asshole yet, right? No, That's later. We, okay. we cut back to uh, Reese being interrogated by the doctor through a two way mirror. Right. I love it too, because uh, he's he's again. Reese has no chill. And he's nope. just earnestly explaining Skynet and yeah. everything. You don't understand. We smashed our defense grid. We won. I already told you. So the story of how this all was, this is actually an important exposition because the story of how this all works is so in the future, John Connor's resistance force, resistance force had actually successfully uh, beaten Skynet. And when they, when they infiltrated the main Skynet base, they found the time machine that Skynet had built and through the records that they had read on the time machine, this is actually all, you can actually see this scene happen in the much maligned Terminator Genesis. Genesis or <laughs> yeah, Salvation? Genesis. Oh, it's in Genesis. You can actually do this scene like okay. in the future where they, where they beat Skynet, find the machine, and John sends Kyle Reese back through time. Yeah, they discover that they, they've beat, they think they've beaten the machines, but the machines are sending, a, their last ditch effort was to send a Terminator back yeah. to kill so Sarah. They have to, they have to, to, to you know, Meet the, match their meat. Yeah, to match their meat. <laughs> they lick their ass. I love this scene because Reese is saying all that shit, and you got like uh, Traxler and Vukovic behind well, the Vukovic glass. Vukovic is, is mocking him, and Traxler's yeah, like, "Shush, shush, whoa, I want, yeah, I want to I hear this." He goes, "This is great. <laughs> this is great. I love this guy. Hey, this crazy guy in here who had this Afghan. He burned it. Fucked it first, but <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> no, he's like, shush, shush, I want to hear this crazy right, shit. Yeah. No, they're all like fascinated by this story, right? Because it's so like, it's crazy, but it's so like." bizarrely plausible at the same time yeah like it's like this guy's psychosis is so defined right mm-hmm. like it's not wild i, I can make a career off this guy yeah right like that's what that's what he's saying right like he said most paranoid delusions are like intricate and like crazy but this is like so base there's like no holes in it yeah he doesn't have to like prove anything because it's so like well yeah none of his right? claims require proof yeah yeah it's great. exactly uh yeah we also learn here that reese's much like, say, a, a guy Fieri is trapped in the past. Yeah. You know? So we learned that uh, Terminator time travel rules are one way as opposed to like Back to the Future where you can go back and forth, you know? Right. So. Or Time Cop. Where you can go back and forth in a car and not. But not into the future. You can go from the present to the past and back but to yeah, the present. yeah, you can't go into the future. But you can't go into the future. Because it hasn't happened yet. Because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Fuck it. Stop confusing me, man. So that movie will hurt your uh, brain. Yeah, they do. They do say. They do say that uh, uh, Reese is crazy. And um, yeah, what does he say? It's like in, goes, in technical terms, he's a loon. Is it a loon? Yeah. yeah. 
So they, they convince Sarah to get some sleep. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. And they also start like rationalizing Arnie's behavior. They show her this crazy body armor. Oh, he could have been on PCP. He could have been on PCP, which is weird. Um, but what they don't rationalize is like, why is this happening, right? Exactly. I guess in their mind, maybe that recent Arnie or these two guys working who created, together or something? Who created this crazy narrative for them. Who knows? Right. Yeah, I thought about that too. Oh, uh, and I think on that note... This oh. is a good place to... Uh... Yeah, well, hang on. Let's make one little quick little point here, and then we'll take our intermission. So first of all, we did cut... We didn't talk about it, and I don't know if I want to fucking talk about it, but in, in, in around that whole interrogation of Reese scene, we do get the scene of Arnie pulling his, his eyeball eye out. out in the mirror and the full animatronic head. Yeah. Oh. It's so crazy. He like pulls it out with a with a knife, the exacto knife. It's I think disgusting. it's gr- and, but you get to see his cool laser yeah, eye. His laser eye is awesome. Yeah, it's real good for <clears throat> for the budget of this movie that I learned earlier too. It's a wild scene. It's I have shot real well. The toy. We'll I talk about those Stan later. Winston too did, yes, did this scene. Stan Winston yeah. did this. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like you said, they give Sarah a bulletproof vest. And the last thing that well, they show it to her as like to rationalize how this guy would have been able to take all these bullets and not go oh, down. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, it, it tracks her, tells her like, Hey, you're completely safe here. We got like 30 cops in this building. You know, what could happen other, other than the coolest action scene in movie history? Other than the inspiration for first person shooters as we know them. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah's laying down for a nap on the police couch at the police station and Reese is in custody. And on that note, we're going to take our intermission. Cause I really got a piss like real bad. Yeah. Out of my penis. I'm going to go get a burger from big Jeff's. I think you want anything just to go pee. Please end this. Okay. Bye. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> Nothing clean, right? Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six pack. Hey, everybody, I'll I'll be back. Oh wait, no, we should have said that before. Dude, we your Arnie is not on point today, man. No, I got you. I, you corrected me last time, and if I gotta go deeper, you're not right? deep enough. I'll be back. Yeah, that's better. Okay, all right. Yeah, like you're still doing Van Damme. Fuck you, asshole. Yeah, see, there you go. Wait, hang on. Give me one second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're doing better. You blew my cover. You blew my cover. Yeah, see, much better, much better. See you uh, at the party, Richter. Yeah, see. Oh, okay. All right, that's enough. That's enough. He doesn't talk enough in this movie. That's enough. But you're doing you're doing a lot better. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is the scene where I want to go to Mars. <laughs> yeah, you got your groove back. You get it. Just save it. Uh, we're back. Sleazy. Sleazy. Hetero. <laughs> no, it was hetero. 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 It's a new kind of sexuality that Homer or that uh, Arnie made up. Homer. I don't know why it's Homer. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Homer Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, where are the cop we station? You in asshole. The movie. The cop station. Right. So Sarah has been lulled into a false sense of security inside the police station. Reese is in custody, and. Uh, nothing could possibly go wrong. No. And then Arnie rolls up to the police station, walks up to the front desk and says, uh, uh, his longest sustained line of dialogue in the entire film. I'm looking for Sarah Connor. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she is here. Could I see her please? That sounded Chinese. (laughs) Who, 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 what are you roasting me for? (laughs) Oh, is uh, Sarah Connor here? (laughs) (laughs) It was too many words to I'll, say. It. I'll be back. 
I should not be doing that. I'm sorry, everybody. Apologies to our many, many Chinese listeners. Dude, we're 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 trying to make you know make everyone aware of all the Asian racism that's going on, and 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 you 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 yeah, it was a statement. That was an art piece that I just did. Way to go, Sheila Buff. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you are? You got millions of dollars, so you can put on art like that. You haven't earned what he's earned. It's a, it's a, what do you call it? Like what? An NFT. Yeah, it's an NFT. That's what I was gonna say. Actually, please, nobody NFT that. Yeah, do it, do it. Do it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it from you. That was in, in the moment only. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the guy says that she's not available and he should go fuck himself. She's giving a statement. Yeah, and he goes, "I'll be back." Apparently, oh, I love when before he says, "I'll be back," too. He looks around like he sizes up the walls. Yeah. Apparently, he had a really hard time with Isle, so it was another like up and at him moment. It, yeah. I'll, he says, I'll be back. Consider the divorce. <laughs> it's been a long time, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Arnie, we love you so much. Oh, yeah. Never change. Again, that should be a fatal flaw, but it makes him more charming. Yeah. It's part of why he's a star. It's the best. No one cares what he sounds like. So he does He does come back. Uh, he drives a... In style. A... Uh, uh, like a station wagon? I think it's a station wagon. Yeah, he drives a big, heavy 80s station wagon right into the police station. He crushes the desk sergeant. Yeah, sure does. Oh, man, that guy shouldn't have been such a dick, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, and- that guy knows what's going on with Sarah Connor, and then she's being stalked, and then this big freak comes in, I don't acting think like a robot. Da- I don't think that that guy gets told shit. No? No. He doesn't watch the news? I don't think so, man. He doesn't have a phone to look at the news on either, right? Good point. So He hasn't checked his answering machine. No. <laughs> Uh, so this next scene is pretty fucked. So this is crazy. I have a bit of a story here about this scene, a bit of a personal story. If you guys hear rumbling in the background, that is mascot of the podcast, putting the cat, trucking it across the living room, having some severe zoomies. She's a special cat. If she needs to charge across the room, that's her prerogative. She's a princess and whatever she says or does is correct. Absolutely. We're not going to stop her. Uh, so my story with this scene is that. This was the reason that my dad would not let me watch this movie, even though he let me watch Terminator 2. He thought this scene coming up was too much. Interesting. Because in Terminator 2, even though there's violence and gore, it's mostly, you know, with the exception of the T-1000 killing uh, the, the foster parents... There's not a lot of like vicious, brutal gore it's, in the movie. It's more cartoonish and right. over the top. And like it's Arnold shooting a lot of people in the leg. That uh, too, right? Because he can't kill yeah. people. Uh, you know, and a couple of innocent bystanders get killed, obviously, right? But even the whole scene with the with the with the minigun, where he shoots at all those cops, he's got a damn minigun. Nobody dies, right? Yeah. So I think the message and the tone of that movie, he thought it was a because I was really fucking young, man. I'm like eight or nine years old, right? When Terminator two came out. So the tone, I think of that movie he thought was okay for me, but he felt at that age that T one was too much, that this scene in particular was too much. It's so funny because my dad did the exact same thing where I watched T two before T one. Yeah. But for him, it was because there's titties in this movie that there are Uh, not in T two. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's not really any sexuality at all in T two. Very American sensibility towards movie ratings. Um, And I remember my friend who lived down the street from me, he had this movie and his parents didn't give a fuck. 
So <laughs> well, we all had that friend. Yeah. So I well then my playboys I, out on the table. And I remember once that happened, like once I told my dad, I'm like, oh yeah, I went over to you know so and so's house and I watched this mo- and I watched this movie. I've seen it now. He was just like, well, fuck it. He just gave up after that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't see this movie. Like I saw Terminator two like fucking ten times yeah. before I saw this movie once. Yeah, we both did. Yeah, yeah. I saw T one in to completion when I was like seventeen and or something. I can't, really say is i blame my dad because this scene is well it's super fucking awesome it's pretty horrific man also t2 is a flawless i've called it before i've said it might be the best movie ever made well you're not really following up my point there but you know but no agreed no i get your point but i'm just saying you know it's we also both i think saw aliens before alien that was for different reasons though like i think the reason i saw the reason i saw aliens before alien it was because aliens was on tv Right, sure. Right, so yeah. I saw Aliens on TV, like edited, and I saw like the last three quarters of it, and I asked my mom what it was, and she's like, "Oh, it's Aliens," and I was like, "Can I rent it?" And she said, "Yeah." So I went out that day and like rented Aliens and watched it for, again from the beginning with you know no editing, and then I was like fascinated by that movie. I was like, "Oh, I got to see the first one." This is a different story. Like I was already acutely aware of both movies, and I wanted. And Terminator Two was like one of the biggest movies in the world. It was like com- a commercial for it every 10 seconds on TV mm-hmm. and it's Arnie who's like my hero. Right. And I was allowed to see that, but I could not see the first one. So it was strange. So I was like, it was withheld from me. The, not that that's the best way to do it. Like if you're going to introduce somebody new to it, but I, that was me for alien and aliens and Terminator, Terminator two. I think these are like exceptions though. Right. Yeah, but I, my point was going to be like, uh, it was, there's something fun about it. Like, yeah, because those aliens and T2 standalone is great movies are my more my favorite movies as a kid. And then you see the the prequel, the, the precursors, and you're like, oh, that just makes me like both of them even more. Right. You know, and, but and, and how many and we've talked about this before. Right. Like, and I know we're really segueing here, but, you know, how many franchises can say that their sequel was the first one's a classic and the sequel is both. Also a classic and sort of a different kind of movie at the same time. Alien and Aliens especially. And to, to, to a different degree, like because Terminator 2 is a lot less of like, T1 has it's got, got this almost like, a horror movie. Yeah, a lot of horror movie vibes and like slasher movie vibes to it. Thriller. Those are mostly taken away and even though there's a chase, there's like a, a big chase element to T2. No, it's an action it's sci-fi an action movie. action sci-fi movie through yeah. and through, right? So the tones are different. The sh- like the color palette is different. It's a different movie. It's a different feel. And I think those might be the only two times that's ever been pulled off. And it was by James Cameron both times. Uh, that's why. I always, what movie was it where they. Oh, you know, one other one. Yeah. Uh, Hannibal. Oh, uh, yeah. The sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Ridley Scott, a different director than the first one. It's a completely different kind of movie with a completely different tone. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Yeah. So it's, it's not very often that it happens. And that's why this is a special. I, that's why the whole, that franchise is special. Do you remember? I can't remember what movie it is. It's one of those like teen movies from when we were growing up where the kids are in the classroom and it's, I think it's maybe like a film class or something. And they have a debate about, uh, how sequels are never as good as the original, like name one movie where the sequel is better than the original. And like some kid says, I think the Godfather two and everyone's like, Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. Like you found one. Is that gap. fast times at Ridgemont high? No, I, th- no? I feel like it's like 10 things I hate about you or clueless or like one of those, that era of, like, like the 90s? Yeah. It's not Clueless. I've seen Clueless like 10 yeah. times. But anyway, I remember that That's right. sticking out in my memory. And I remember that being a conversation topic when we were like teenagers and getting stoned and be like, there's not a lot of movies where like the, the sequel is better than the original. And everybody else would go to Empire Strikes Back or Godfather 2. And I was like, 
that conversation never made any sense to me because I grew up watching Terminator 2 and Aliens. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. Absolutely. That's a, yeah, that's a conversation for another day or for after we're done recording this and we're well, drunk. for sure. <laughs> I'm already um, drunk. So everybody. to this scene now, basically, uh, Arnie walks into this police station and just absolutely massacres the police. Yeah, dude. A, lo- a lot of scenes are done in the first person perspective from his robot vision. Yes. And a lot of those scenes are inspirations for some of the first person tutors that we grew up 100%. with. 100%. Uh, is, that, is that the first time that that... It's one of the first times you saw that perspective. I can't think of like another that. earlier movie. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. The, sh- the camera work is incredible. The shooting is incredible. It's harrowing, right? It, it, it's ultra violent, but it's very satisfying at the same time in some visceral way. Because mm-hmm. you're finally seeing the Terminator terminate now. Like this is what it's made it's meant to do, right? If you put it in a situation where it has to cut through thirty cops to get to its target, it's gonna do that, no problem. And that's what Kyle Reese is worrying about. Like when he's being led away by the cops earlier, you, you see him on camera screaming like he won't stop, he won't stop, he'll kill you all. He'll yeah. fucking kill all of you. Right. So we're we're uh, as violence and action fans, we can be a little cavalier with violence, but I mean it's just movies, right? It's just it's not fun. real. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we're I don't know, we're idiots, but it, there is a point here that this really effectively drills home this idea of like, what's the safest place that you could be from this guy? Like, what's the one place in the world you'd want to be if a killing machine was after you? Well, you're inside, you're in the like, the fucking shire of like cops, right? Like people in town with all the weapons and all the security yeah, they have measures. Like assault, they have basically automatic assault weapons and at their disposal. He, and he just chews through them and then it's like, well, then where is safe? Right? It's you know? not. Exactly. Right? And then I, there's even a line earlier which we kind of glossed over where uh, Sarah's asking Reese like, you know, do you think you can stop him? And he just goes straight up. I don't know. Like yeah. with these weapons? With these weapons? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so Traxler and uh, well, she Sarah wakes up. She hears a commotion. Yeah, she hears a commotion. Traxler and Vukovic saddle up. They cock their fucking machine M16s. guns. M16s, baby. Uh, the I love this, too. It's the earliest movie I've ever seen this in. But the Terminator, Arnie, he has that shit where, like, so he's got a M16 himself with, like, a banana clip in it. And he's got another one upside down, taped to it, kind of offset. So as soon as he's done blasting one, he could take it out, turn the clip over, and jam it right back in. Without having to pull I out a saw new that clip. Too. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. First time I noticed that. Uh so Reese in the commotion breaks free while he's handcuffed. He like knees this dude in the oh, stomach. Yeah, that guy took his eye off him for two seconds and he just fucked him up. Yeah. Gets unlocked, gets a gun. He gets to Sarah first before the Terminator does. Uh they get to a car, I believe. Yeah. And another hot wire job. Yeah. Uh also there's a good great moment here too where she Sarah is hiding under a desk and she thinks the Terminator is about to come in the door, but it ends up being Reese. Sarah. Yeah. And she's like, Reese. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Reese. Jason. Jason. Sarah. Uh, but she she goes with him, right? Yeah. The fact that this all just took place, now she's starting to believe him. Now she fully believes him, right? Yeah. Like she she was starting to waver for a moment there, but now this is like, this is all too real. Yeah. He's back, right? They can't stop him. The story checks out. Yeah, pretty much at this point. Uh, so they get in the car. They get out of there. Just they drive till the gas is empty. They yeah. go far. Yeah, we cut to like they go really the far. next morning. And we the first shot is a, a gas tank on empty right on the side of the road. And uh, well, it's nighttime, like early morning, I guess. Or it might be evening because they, they go and they hide under this overpass. Right. Yeah. And they spend the night there. 
There's a lot goes on here. This is where he kind of she's starting to trust him. So she starts asking him about the future. She field dresses his wound and she's like, talk to me. I don't know about anything. Tell me about my son. Right. Uh, And uh, first she asks, what's it like to go through time? (laughs) And he's like, oh, it's it's fun. The hard part is finding enough road to get up to 88 miles per hour. I like that he says that it hurts. I love going into the time machine because you're in this really cool car. Yeah. But I don't like leaving that because they just kind of dump you out wherever, like in water or, you know, wherever they want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Reese is hurt. She field dresses him. She, this is where she says, tell me about my son. And uh, you watch the X-Men animated series, right? Of course I did. Remember how easy cable made time travel look? You yeah. You just take that little fucking computer out of his shoulder and just like tell it where he wants to go and he would just like step into the time portal and it would just take him yeah, there. One of the most easy and accessible methods of time travel out there, you know, it looked pretty difficult in time cop. You got a whole apparatus. And yeah. The DeLorean. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So she says, tell me about my son. And he says some stuff about him. He says like he commands respect. Like you yeah, want to follow I him. I die for him. Yeah. I die for John Connor. How to fight. Then she says, uh, I don't suppose you know who the father is. And he's like, well, about that. See, see, the thing is. No, he says John didn't talk much about, um, you know, he he dies before the war. That's all he knows. Yeah. I mean, this is a classic move. Like, I've gotten laid at parties so many times with the old, I've been sent from the future to ensure that you have a son line. None of that is true. And it, and it kills two birds with one stone because then it just presumes you're not going to use a condom, which is like another roadblock you're going to have to get over at some point. So, is this where he has his next dream? Sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. He he uh, tell she's tired. He like comforts her when she's cold, and then he tells her about the future, like what it's like in his time. And then we get a big flashback scene to him. So this like, is probably like the biggest flashback in terms of world building in the future because it shows him like coming off the battlefield and heading to like a bunker wherever like underground resistance where a bunch of people are hunkered down and you kind of see just like things are not good yeah the future is very smoky (laughs) yeah that's one thing for sure it's real shitty for everyone uh yeah the aforementioned kids watching the empty tv with fire in it um people eating slop (laughs) yeah slop eating for sure you know uh and then Terminator. Well, he, so right before that, sorry. Yeah. He kind of like hunkers down against the wall and pulls out the picture that, uh, he met. So he mentioned to Sarah that John gave him a picture of her. <laughs> so he know what she looks like. Right. And he has that picture of her and he's looking at it wistfully. And as that happens, a Terminator who we assume is a more of a primitive model because of the way it looks. Yeah. Uh, busts in and just starts annihilating everyone with a fucking like, ch- and we know because so the, I the people the- realize because the dog starts barking, yeah, and- which is the same reason that you and Erica know that I'm not a Terminator. Because Avery loves me, you know? She still barks at you. They are love barks. No, uh, man, don't worry. That didn't happen. So I assume what the... Don't term- think about it. But I assume what the Terminator has Terminator. here is a phase plasma rifle with 40-watt range. Without a doubt, that's what yeah. that is. Yeah, because Reese is firing back at him with this, like, dinky-ass uh, weapon. It's, like, shooting, like, one round per, like, every 30 seconds. Yeah. And, yeah, it's another terrible dream where he wakes up dying. Uh also, I don't know if you noticed in that scene, the Terminator shoots the dog. It does. One of those few movies where the dog dies. Yeah. No no mercy for the German Shepherd yeah. here. No mercy for the littlest hobo here. The littlest hobo. Uh, and then he wakes up. Uh, 
Yeah, he wakes up stroking her stroking hair, stroking Sarah's hair and face. Yes, for I some also reason. I also noted that this time. First time I noticed that. It's a str- it's so strange the things that you gloss over as a youth. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then you notice that when you're older and you're like, oh, yeah, gross. there was no consent there. Kyle Reese. Ah, it was fine. She ends up being into it. Yeah, eventually. Which so, means it was fine. <laughs> Barely <laughs> that time. <laughs> <laughs> the previous times, probably not. <laughs> so I think, yeah, at this point, we now we get the famous fuck you asshole scene. Yeah. So we cut to Arnie in that apartment Ugh. and some, I don't know, janitor or whatever. Yeah. And his like flesh is now rotting. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's in there, whatever, fixing himself and shit. Or you know, he's looking shit up. He's looking through her little black book, and he finds the address for like her, her mom, her, mo- her mom's uh, house in Big Bear. So Big Bear is like a like a cottage community, I Resort guess, outside town. of L.A. Yeah, I think in yeah. the mountains. Yeah. Uh, and then this guy knocks on the door. This is great. So you see the first person, like this guy who forgot he was in L.A. and not in Brooklyn in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? He's like, hey buddy, you gotta get a dead cat. You in there got a or dead cat in there. Uh, yeah, so Arnie, you get the first person perspective of the robot vision, and it's like potential responses <laughs> as so a good. list, and it's like, uh, go away, please come or back, what? or what? My favorite is it's got fuck you and fuck you asshole, and then he picks because he's a total badass, of course, because it's Arnie. He picks fuck you asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the guy just leaves. Yeah, it's pretty great. So we go to Reese and Sarah getting a motel room, one with a kitchen. It's got to have a kitchen. Got to have a kitchen. Yeah. A toilet kitchen. Uh, Reese uh, goes out for supplies. Uh, Sarah makes an ill-advised decision to call her mom. Whoops. Whoopsie. Yeah, I wrote, Sarah talks to her mom. Whoopsie doodle. Whoops. Whoopsie doodle. Oh, man, that spilled ink all over my palms. All right. It's for you Simpsons fans out <laughs> there. square spill, man. Yeah. But yeah, she talks to her mom and reluctantly from pressure from her mom reveals the lo- the phone number of the motel that she's at. But then we cut to what should be her mom on the other end. Ooh. And it is Arnie, the it's Terminator. Like a, it's like a pan of like a window and then like a, of like upturned stuff. Yeah. To just Arnie sitting on the chair, speaking with the mom's voice. Perfectly mimicking the mom's voice. We've, we and, forgot to mention earlier, he did this with a cop's voice. So like we yes. learned the Terminators can perfectly mimic people's voices once they hear them. Exactly. Yeah. Repeated with brilliance in T2. Also, I just want to say at this point, after this scene uh for anybody keeping score for you big fans we cannot confirm or deny whether or not wolfie is just fine we don't know in this scene do you not get that reference you're in the wrong movie yeah well you know i mean that's like at least out there somewhere 10 years later in the chronology of these movies how long do dogs live uh (laughs) jesus christ we see a german shepherd in her car at the end of the movie at her jeep do you think that's is, Wolfie? Is it Wolfie Senior? It can't be Wolfie, because how old is John Connor in T2? Well, so first of all, it's the like dog's 15? name is Max. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Wolfie's just fine, honey. What year is T2 supposed to take place? Because it's not I, 1991. I think it's supposed to be around that, like 1990. It, it can't be, because he's, he's not seven. If T2 is 84. I mean, when did Afterburner come out? If T2 is, if well, that was just, that was just the arcade. That thing was into the arcades well into our He's also listening to You you Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. So he's not eight years old. No, how old is he? He's like 
He's like 15, 11. 14? No. Oh, he's a teenager. He's not a His teenager. His voice is cracking. He's like 11. Yeah, because they have to always cast an older person as a kid. He's like 12. I always assumed he was like my age, roughly. What year is T2 supposed to take place? It's not 1994. Let me let me Google it. It's like, but it's got to be before, like before Judgment Day, obviously. Yeah. So it can't be this 97. This is important, guys. You're going to have to wait. No, we're going to have to wait here. Yeah. <laughs> Fill the time. Sing a song with your mouth. What else would they sing a song with? Their anus? Yeah, sing a song with your armpits. Sing a song with your anus. Uh, so, let's see here. Terminator 2 Judgment Day was released in 91, but the events take place in 1995. There yeah. you go. Okay. So, he, so John Connor would be like 11. And this is this takes place in the time. Yeah, so he's 11. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Right between our two guests. He's a little kid. Yeah. I was closer than you were, So, that dog, if it's, a, if it's let's say it's a puppy, it's like a year and a half old, that could be... Uh, Max. Do you think that's Max? I I want to think it is. He cares a lot about it. It's his only the family. The dog is full grown. Yeah, but it's a German Shepherd, right? Like they by, fast. by a year and fast. a half, it could be looking like fast. a full dog. Yeah. And it doesn't look like an old dog in this movie. My, yeah. Okay, and we don't really get enough. a good look at it in T2. It could fair be enough. an aging dog. Okay. All right. All right. If that's what makes you feel better about this whole thing and that we can move on, then I'm willing to agree with you. The, the name Wolfie, you know, the one that the Terminator makes up yes, to talk to the T-1000. Yes, I know. That is the name of James Cameron's actual dog in real life. Really? Yeah. What is, what a weak ass name for a dog. Again, like for the, for all the genius and like, like brilliance of this man is both a, like a visionary sci-fi storyteller and filmmaker. He's bad at names. I think he's just like, he should, confident. He's like, he's like the opposite George Lucas. It's like first, first idea, best idea. You know? Like you he's, know? he's so good at like coming up with all these names for things, you know, but then when it comes it's to like the dialogue, lore, not a lore builder, you know, not as well. No, yeah. the best lore that was built from star Wars was built by other people after the original movies. Had come out, Right. So, but Cameron built all this lore, but then comes up with names like Hunter killer. It, I think it's like he aims for simplicity, right? He's like, don't overthink it, I think is a lot of his mantra, right? He's just confident and talented well, and what was, shoots from the hip. And it's better because what did they call the ships in Godzilla versus Kong? Like panels or <laughs> oh, something God, like that? Oh, God, what was it? Uh, like Mass uh, Hevos? It, it's an it's a, it's a, uh, anagram, right? Heaves. Yeah. The one that we thought sounded like a racial slur. Yeah, a bunch of heaves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so back at, uh, home base at the hotel kitchen. Yeah. Um, uh, Reese is teaching Sarah how to make homemade pipe bombs, like a white nationalist terrorist. Yeah. Cause <laughs> Reese really just gives off all the vibes of like a domestic terrorist, man. Yeah. It's a real incel. Like big time. Yeah. Yeah. He is a virgin. We learned that here. Oh no, we do. Don't yeah, we? This is where she's like, what are women like in your time? Good fighters. <laughs> I'm not sure if they have vaginas or not, because I never checked. You never have, like, a girl? No, never. I mean, people have sex, but I'm a Christian, so... Well, uh... I already made that we joke. We all know that in uh, the mythology of the story, his brother, Brian Austin Green, goes back in time well after him. And won't have sex with Sarah, even when she offers herself to him. Fucking, you blew it, dude. Uh, yeah, this is where he tells a story, too, of... John having given him a picture of Sarah that he like carried with him everywhere yeah. and jerked off to hundreds of times. I don't think he tells her that though. Like I think no, he even, says, he says he loves her and then he's like, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But he doesn't tell her he jerked off to the picture. Right. I mean, that was probably the only tactful thing that he did the entire time. It's he implied. was like, I had this picture of you, Sarah. And I, and I love you. Cherished it. 
<laughs> I love you. I love you, Mar- Sarah Connor. Marry me. Uh, uh, she's into it. I love it because, and it's probably just the pressure of the situation and some Stockholm syndrome shit. But you know, she she goes. She, luckily, she, she has like a virgin fetish instead also, of being super turned off. It's lucky like that, most women, you know, would. he's a pretty good looking dude. Yes, you know, it's not like he's a hideous chud, right? No, he's a handsome man. You know, it's not like uh, Xander Berkeley is the one who, who rescued her. And he's like, I've always loved you, Sarah. She's like, Oh God, kiss me. Uh, I have to be the father of your child. <laughs> It's for the good of the future. Uh, so something I noticed in this scene that killed me this time that I just never noticed as a kid. <laughs> still laughing at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it would be so funny. Someone should do that. Like a funnier die where Kyle Reese is it's, like really ugly. He's just not attractive. And he's like, yeah, I'm, your, I'm the father of John Connor. Sarah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm here to protect the future. Uh, I'm the father of your unborn son. <laughs> It's just got a big gut. Uh, yeah, so something that happens here that I never really noticed, I don't think, until this viewing. I actually, to be fair, I've seen this movie a bunch, obviously. I haven't, like, I watch T2 regularly in my, like, adult life. I haven't seen this movie in, like, 10 years, probably. We threw it on in the background when we were hanging out a while yeah. ago. And I remember we... Which we, really made me want to watch we, it again. We tuned in a few times. Yes. And, like, but, like, that was probably the most recent time I've thrown it on. It's been about seven or eight years since in a serious sit down watch yeah, totally. so so they kiss right they have this moment where like he shies away from her and she's like you know oh it's must be so pain so much pain in your time and she she kisses him he doesn't he re- doesn't do it at first too he just like doesn't move his mouth and she's just kissing his his limp lips and then he engages and they bump up against the fridge but what i noticed Are you here gonna take us through this uh the sex scene step yeah, by step yeah, yeah. okay good i'm gonna describe her nipples in a second nice, hang tight nice uh but yeah when they start to kiss rom- a romantic soft piano score comes in sure does and it is the terminator song yeah but, but like, in, like sexy single note piano yeah like like but like in like soft jazz piano it's um it made me laugh i was because like, so i only erotic. know that song is this badass like you know anthem you know that it's this romantic piano jam it's so good it couldn't be more different uh anyway yeah they bone it's a very 80s slash 90s sex scene very like slow a lot of like simulated intercourse hands clasped together shades of top gun they definitely (laughs) climax at the same time because that's the only way that the future leader of the world could be conceived yes as if the dual climax right the way you get jc in the equation that's the only way you get any jc Exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy that obviously had sex with Mary that she just lied about because she didn't want to admit what happened to Joseph. That he got cucked? Yeah, that he got cucked because then she would have gotten stoned to death, as was tradition. Chris was there. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's a pretty uh it's a pretty classy sex scene, you it know. It's a classy sex scene. You know, it's not dirty. It's not no. like it doesn't make me terribly uncomfortable. It, you know? I actually like it because it's like you got on the one hand, you got like a Van Damme sex scene that could be a little gratuitous. And on the other hand, you got like a too soft handed you know, approach. A Van Damme where, sex scene that could be like horrifying. Yeah, this seems real. No, nah, it's good. You know? It's a good it's one. Good. It's you good. know, it's classy. Anyway, then we cut to uh, Arnie on another, oh, a different motorcycle and he gets to the hotel. He's tracked them down. The dog starts to bark. The dog starts to bark. You I don't notice that Sarah does never has to hold, gets, gets held to account that she's the one who fucked everything up. <laughs> How do you mean? Well, I mean, like, she never even, like, 
connects the dots. Oh, that, like the phone call thing. Yeah, yeah he never confronts her about it. He doesn't like, even you talk know. to anyone. If it was a movie today, like in would, Reese's mind, the Terminator just figured they it just out. figured it out. He's just that good, right? How could he possibly have found us? Oh man. <laughs> So yeah, they're on the There's run. There's no way. They're on the run. Uh, somehow they're back in LA like so fast. Yeah, they, they jump. They steal a truck and get away from him at the last minute. Uh, a chase ensues. Uh, yeah, this is this is sort of the climax here. So they're they're in this pickup truck. He's in. He's on a motorcycle. He's on his motorcycle. They're shoot. He's Arnie's shooting at them. They're shooting back. He's whip, they're whipping pipe bombs at him because they've made like yes. they've made like twenty pipe bombs, which is or real cool. Yeah, some real video game shit. I was just about to say that very video game yeah. here. I like the scene too where Reese is trying to shoot and drive, and then he's like, uh, "Switch places, yeah, change Cause, places." Because now they're a team, right? Yeah, now that's all. He just has to say that. But unfortunately, here he gets kind of like more. Well, I would say mortally wounded. He gets a, it takes like a gut winged shot in the side or takes something. A side shot, I guess yeah. you want to call it. And uh, he's fucked. Uh, but Sarah, Sarah runs him off the runs the Terminator off yeah. the road, which is pretty cool. Rolls. This is like a moment for her too. Yeah. Right? This is where she's like taking charge. She's starting to. You know, she's not just being she's a passenger. She's starting to change now, right? Yeah. She's starting to get stepping hard. up. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, so she does that. They keep. Dr- oh, then she flips the. In the process, she flips the truck. Yeah. And at this time, a big semi full of I love gas the shot of him looking up at the camera Arnie this is right because he's just fucking been, he's just gotten thrown off his bike and like rolled down the co- the concrete he's totally fucked up now his joints are fucked his face is fucked yeah he's like skin is torn off half his exoskeleton is is, is displayed and he looks up at the camera just before the semi truck carrying you know gas smashes him it plows him but then we get this shot of him Reaching up and like grabbing the underside of the truck to like hang on to it. Yeah. And slowing it down. Yeah. And then the, so there's two guys in the truck. A father, son, yeah, truck driving. Father, duo. son, gas delivery team. I just assume they're father, son. I don't know. They could be lovers. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, the young guy goes out to, to check it out. He gets tossed aside immediately. And then we, and then Arnold gets in the car and we have a famous get out. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. He's all mangled at this point. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we basically have Sarah dragging a fucking like brutally wounded Reese out of the out of the truck and trying to drag him along as they're getting now chased by Arnold in the semi truck. Yeah. And they is this where they make it into uh this factory? No, not yet. So what happens is Reese uh oh. Reese cleverly video game style because it's like a boss fight this, in a video game, right? He's uh he sh- he shoves a pipe bomb into the back the, into the tailpipe. Yeah. Of the yeah, semi. And it explodes in spec. Oh, man. And he jumps into a dumpster is, right is before he a, does it. Is that a model? I think it's a like a big model that they blew up. It's not a real truck, no. but it's still a real explosion. Yeah, but it's like a probably like a couple foot long oh, model. Oh, for that sure. Just blew the fuck it's up. It's pretty fucking spectacular. It's one of the best traditional explosions in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's framed and shot really well. It's really great. Well. Uh, so they think it's done. Yeah. Sarah goes to help uh, Kyle up in the rubble. And he's hurt and they're he's she's dragging him along. And then we see uh nope. Nope. <laughs> see Arnie. Well, it's rise. not Arnie. Now we can stop calling it Arnie. Right, yeah. So all now it's flesh, the Terminator. Yeah, all the living tissue over metal exoskeleton has been burned off and he's a fucking robot. Yeah. He's a T one oh one, baby. Yeah, no, it's stop motion glory here, yeah. baby. It's not the best stop motion. No, you can tell it's it this, fucking you can cool. tell that they were running out of money. The design on that skull so is so good. It's iconic, man. Everything. The, the, I like his feet too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's got the little metal ball for his heels and I then the it. articulated toes. So they, they go into what we later on find out is a like a subsidiary of subsidiary of Cyberdyne. Oh, this, is that lore? Com- yeah. This computer factory, yeah. Okay. 
I love this is okay. This is a great moment of irony. Another moment of irony in this movie is they go to this movie or sorry, into this factory that is a automated robot like production line. It's yeah. full of robots. It's a computer factory. Yeah. Yeah. But it's full of like robotic, like uh, assembly robots or whatever. Right. Uh, uh, Reese fires up all the machines to, I guess, confuse scramble the yeah, so sensors. He, he says, so we can't track us, I think is what he says. Uh, they're running from him. He's tracking them down through there. This big metal robot. Eventually he corners them and Reese goes at him with a fucking pipe, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Again, re- reproduced in T2, right? Yeah. She fights him with a pipe at one very point. Very similar. Like, cause he hits him. It's the same. It's very similar. So in T2, she blasts the T-1000 a bunch of times with the shotgun. And then when she's done, it's like slowly like turns its head back up to the camera. And this time Reese cranks on it a bunch of times with the uh, pipe. And then it slowly turns its head back up to the camera. Yeah. There's a bunch of shots like that, like that are reproduced in T2. Like when, when Arnie originally gets blown out of the window, you know, and like the way he gets back up with his fingers, like moving first. Yeah. That's done like frame for frame in T2 in the, in the, yeah. in the mall when the T1000 tosses him out of the window. Right. right. Well, and like the truck crashing in, like the roles are reversed. Yeah. And then uh, they're in a factory to begin with. And right? then in, in a factory, the slow, both times. The slow chase up the stairs, you know? So Reese uses his last pipe bomb, shoves it into the guts of the like Terminator, hip. the hip, yeah. and uh, it explodes. A pretty, It's a big explosion because it's in a, in a small space. Everyone gets fucked up. Unfortunately, this is the end of Kyle Reese. Yeah. He sacrifices himself to save Sarah. Uh, the torso of uh, the T-800 is still alive. Yeah, the upper half. And it crawls and chases Sarah through. She, there, there's a moment where she thinks it's dead. Yeah. She pulls a big piece of metal out of her leg, too, which is gruesome. It's super gruesome. She goes to check on Kyle or on Reese and realizes he's dead. It's kind of sad, right? Like, you know, like after everything he's been through, all the flashbacks, everything, like he's kind of been our, our you know, I mean, I know that like, in hindsight, the hero of the movie is Linda Hamilton. But like mm-hmm. at the time, like if you're watching this movie in 1984, like your hero is Reese, right? Like he's for been me, your... it's Matt. Why you got to bring up Matt? Man? <laughs> Aw, Matt. R.I.P. It's OK. We'll do Top Gun. No, soon. The real hero, like the, the, like the, the moment to moment protagonist of the film is, is, is Reese, right? Yeah. So it's he's dead. It's very like that's very that's a very killer moment. You know, <laughs> kill the hero. <laughs> uh-huh you know yeah make everyone feel terrible it's a real Macbeth situation <laughs> yeah anyway hey um so sarah's crawling away uh as the torso crawls after her yeah it's the top like you said the top half yeah. is still alive but it's this crawling is, this after is and she's wounded right too here. this, this is, is very very halloween. slasher halloween yeah. yeah and she finally manages to crawl to a space where there's a like a compression unit and yeah an industrial press or yeah, whatever and she utters the infamous line you're terminated fucker or you're terminated fucker yeah real 80 yard yeah real bad not in sync with her lips uh, she crushes it but it's good yeah his little red eye light goes out yeah and i think what happens is like the computer company like Cyberdon takes all the technology and they yes. cover it up, right? Yeah, that's what Dyson has yeah. in behind all those like crazy locked doors. Miles in Dyson. T2. Yeah, Miles Bennett Dyson. The great Joe Morton. Yeah, dude. Brother, black brother of Bob Morton. <laughs> <laughs> they both died, man. Yeah. Both got killed because of their corporate hubris. Hey, we all got to go sometime, you know? Uh, so the end is basically Sarah, you know, leaving in a, in a gurney. And then we see her heading to Mexico. Yeah, we got a prologue of her kind of accepting her fate. She's driving this yeah. Jeep through the desert. And, uh, the fate pops, that she makes for herself. Yeah, the no no fate, that, but what she makes for herself. And uh, 
She drives to this gas station. Now, is this Enrique's gas station? No, she's on her way to Enrique now. Like okay. she'll, meet, she'll meet Enrique in her days in Mexico, yeah. right? For any, I don't know why anybody listening to this hasn't seen T2, but Enrique is the guy that's got all her guns stashed that she goes to in T2 to get that Gatlin gun, yeah. that mini gun for Ernie. So dope. Uh, and that grenade launcher. We don't need to go into, there's a lot of cute scenes and interesting kind of set up for the world here. That's nah, over. She drives off into the horizon. Yeah. And uh, we see Wolfie, Wolfie or Wolfie Sr. in the back seat. Max. Sorry, Max. And that's Terminator. I, I call him by the T-1000's name for him. <laughs> Wolfie's a cute name. Uh, yeah. And that is The Terminator. The Terminator. Uh, One of my favorite movies. Me too. Me too. Reinforced by this recent viewing. I'm going to give this movie five disgusting cutout eyeballs out of five. Gross. How about you? What do you give this movie? Uh, Fuck you, asshole. (laughs) Accepted. All right. right, We're going to be back with RTSBS. Bye. Goodbye. Fuck you, asshole. All right, everybody, we are back with RT is BS. I don't know who doesn't know this by now, but RT stands for Rotten Tomatoes and BS stands for... Backstory. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say butt stuff, but I already used that one. Uh, so we're going to read, we're each going to read our favorite review, neither necessarily good or bad, from terrible review website, RottenTomatoes.com. Oh, me first. You go. Okay. I only have one, but it's very special. And okay. We're going to find out why shortly. All right. Okay. So here we go. Good watch. Might watch again and can recommend. I have no idea what just happened. I just watched the 2020 version and it doesn't even look better. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of info on the situation. It has decent practical effects. It's got plenty of action in a machine chasing a woman aided by a soldier from the future. Arnold carries an odd amount of weight as an emotionless cyborg. But Linda Hamilton shores up the rest. I don't think it's Michael Bean's fault, but Kyle Reese is kind of a forgettable character in this. The depth of this action movie is just on the concept of time travel and whether or not you can truly change the future. This is a good movie, but it lacks something really special for the time of 2020. It's important as a precursor to the sequel. Three stars. Ooh. Chris K. Ooh. What the fuck, man? I, I was on PCP. In July 29th, 2020? That's like a year ago. Yeah, it was when you I was, lied to me. You said you hadn't hey, seen this movie in a long 2020 time. 2020 was a rough year. I always got real into PCP. And, uh, and you, you, could, you can tell I was high because I gave it three out of five stars. <laughs> and so. you wrote it like a child. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Chris, hey, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I didn't even notice that when I picked the uh, when I picked the one. I just was like, <laughs> well, I picked it based on the good watch. Might watch again and can recommend. I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. I don't know what it was, but I loved it. All right. What do you got? Uh, This one is from PHM. First name PHM. Last initial Q. Fum Q. Don't be racist. Asshole. (laughs) Uh, Fum Q gives it five stars. Uh, This review is from March 27th, 2021. Five stars. Recent. Recent. Classical action movie of all time. All right, that was uh, RTSBS. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we will be back with Total Recap. You bet. Bye. So Reese is crazy? In technical terminology, he's a loon. All right, we are back with Total Recap. Mm-hmm. Almost rhymes. I named it. You did. Very clever. I'm still impressed. 
Uh, so I don't have a lot for this. Um, when I was doing my research for the, the movie, uh, the only thing like I knew, actually knew a lot about this. There's not like that many great stories about it really. Uh, but one of the funny things I read was, um, Arnie initially was not super stoked about doing it. Like he was not super stoked that he agreed to do it. Right. And, uh, while he was film the mo- the whole filming of this movie got delayed for like a year because the Dolorentis company decided to pick up the option to do Conan the destroyer, right. To keep that franchise going. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise they would lose the rights. So th- while that delayed the whole filming of the Terminator, but then during the end of Conan, he had to start getting ready for it. And a reporter saw him in some wardrobe and he was like, oh, what's that? And he goes, and he wasn't stoked about it. He goes, oh, just for some shit movie I'm doing. Should only take a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, that sounds like Artie. Verified quote, verified quote. That's, yeah, it's on Wikipedia. That's oh, also it, some IMDb it's trivia. It's sourced. It. It's sourced. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, I mean, I fucking love this movie. It's great. So much. I can't wait to do T2. I don't have a ton of facts I learned about it, but one fun thing I learned is, so I said earlier, it's like my, one of my favorite movie scores of all time, at least that, that main theme for sure. And the uh, maybe um, shadowed only by the sequel, which is an unbelievable score. It's not the same composer. It is the same composer. Okay. Yeah. So it He's is also worked with James Cameron and other things. Yes. He did true lies yeah. as well. Uh, so he's all over Arnie and, yeah. and James Cameron. Uh, so his name is Brad Fidel, Fidel, F-I-E-D-E-L, Fidel. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I looked him up and uh, very well-known musician. Right. Uh, so in addition to being this great film composer that made these great, uh, you know, iconic film scores, he got his start, his career started by being the keyboardist for Hollow Notes. Hell yeah. (laughs) We love Hollow Notes here. Definitely. On, in the pod. And uh, I just thought that was... I can't wait for him to go on tour with Jethro Tull. (laughs) (laughs) And Pink Floyd. Yeah. Get Led Zeppelin in there, too. Hollow Notes is their real names, though. What are are your thoughts on, like, what happened to the Terminator franchise? I mean, like, so since since T2, right, we had this huge break, right? And they talked about a sequel for years. We had this huge break. Then we get T3, Terminator Salvation, the TV show, two seasons of that TV show, Genesis, the most recent one, Dark Fate. Like, I don't know how many, how many of these you've seen. I've seen all of them. You've seen all of them. Um, I think when it comes to these great movies, Aliens, Predator 1 and 2, uh, you kind of count your blessings with these like unbelievable masterworks of action and horror, you know, filmmaking. And you kind of expect like, it's like being into a band that has like an iconic album or something. It's like anything that happens after those masterpieces is icing on the cake if it's good. And I think we are lucky that, I mean, not a lot of people, not everybody likes them, but I think that three is a decent movie. It's a fun watch. Like I've watched it more than once. It's okay. It's Uh, not a bad movie. Salvation is a good movie. Salvation. So the thing with Salvation, that's, and that's the sad part about it. We actually have that on in the background right now is that Salvation is actually a good movie. Mm -hmm. It just came out at the wrong time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, It's a bad era for action A lot of it was overshadowed by Bale's like meltdown, right? Yeah. Like that whole meltdown he had on set, uh, which history has uh, decided that he was completely in the right for. Yeah, like you know that that totally sullied that movie's release. It Jake sullied that movie's release for sure. You know, uh, and I think that the like the marketing campaign of like, or I think just like having Christian Bale as John Connor, but he's still not really the main character of a movie. 
Mm-hmm. I think that sort of like it's not a perfect movie. No, but it's uh it's R, right? It's definitely an R There's movie. There's an R cut of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I've seen the most, and it's it, the better cut. Definitely the better cut. Yeah, but yeah, like and and same with like I mean, you like all the subsequent Alien the movies only more one than me. I would really say is not good. Genesis. Although, yeah, although it's still yeah. a fun to watch, is Genesis. Yeah, that's the PG thirteen one. That's the one that's a lot of like bad CGI and silliness and. Daenerys Targaryen is Sarah Connor. Right. Although, like, she kind of looked like her, man. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. It wasn't that, like, when they do the picture, like, it's not that bad. It's not that off. I just thought, like, Kyle Reese was kind of lame because I love that actor. Like, I'm a big Jai Courtney fan. But uh-huh. Kyle Reese is supposed to be, like, this sinewy, kind of scrawny, like, scrappy guy. He's not supposed to be this muscle-bound Adonis, right? Right, yeah. So that That's was, a problem with a lot of yeah. post-2000 and movies. And I really, really like Anton Yelkin as Kyle Reese in Salvation. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. The late, 100%. Great, the late great Anton Yelkin. Yeah, he's perfect casting for that. Yeah, so I mean, the, I don't think the franchise is as bad as people think it no, is. I, it's all, it's good. Like, even though we point out earlier that's fairly simplistic, it's a really good original sci-fi plot. It if is. you discount the works of Harlan Ellison. But he uh, loved but, that. He loved it. He's when oh, he yeah, saw yeah. the movie, he said, "This is fantastic." Right. So, but it's a, it's a great idea, and it has legs, and it's like even in a you know B minus action movie, the I think the the story and the lore carries it really and well. Arnold's always game to come back and do it again, and right? Again, like T three is an example. They never really fuck up the the world they've built. You know, well, no, the cool thing about T three, which elevates T three above, it, it makes it more than the sum of its parts. To use a a Chris line uh-huh. is that it, uh, it kind of like elevates itself in the second half when you realize that judgment day is inevitable. Like no matter what, no matter what they do, right. No matter who gets stopped or John Connor has to like, not only does John Connor have to survive when he's a kid, he has to consistently he's, survive. He's going to have to fight all that the war way up until the actual war starts yeah. and then keep fighting to keep, just to keep it alive. And I think that that element really added to the yeah, third one. And that bleak undertone in that movie yeah. gives it some more weight. It does. Yeah. And then what I like about salvation is that you're finally taken to the future. And even though it doesn't have the same like pieces of metal everywhere and like, yeah, that kind of permanent like, night. <laughs> yeah, that like the first the first couple of movies did like it really does a good job of showing like what a world would look like with no humanity, with no green, with where mach- where machines rule. They don't care about any of that stuff, yeah. right? No, it's so they're, I they're, uh, the later one after T two they're a little underrated. Even if they were garbage, I wouldn't really care. It's like it doesn't take away from the original movies for me, but it's kind of nice that there's a couple honestly, of good gems in there. I really enjoy Dark Fate, the newest one. I yeah? think there's, there's actually, you know what? I haven't seen them all because I haven't seen that yet. Honestly, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's fully R-rated. Linda Hamilton's badass. There's about two. There's two specific like action set piece sequences in that movie that are a right cut on. above. So all right, definitely check well, those out. That's my homework for this week. Anyway, I think that's it for us. Uh, as always, <laughs> I think we're changing things up a bit here. So why don't yeah. we go over that? Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I love you. Uh, and, uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, that's our primary source for promoting ourselves. And we try to, I'm going to try to amp up posting other shit like action movie memes and that kind of stuff. Pictures of, uh, Nathan's cat, uh, you know, that kind of thing should be, uh, cool. should be by the time you hear this should be at hypersleep pod on uh, Instagram. Please. If you are listening to this and you like it, rate and review or at the very least, subscribe to our feed. That's huge for us. It's not a big deal to subscribe to a feed. It doesn't mean you automatically download episodes or anything. It just, you get notified in your app of choice when there's a new episode. And that's, we appreciate that's it. That's the number one thing for us. 
And uh, yeah, reach out to us if you are liking this and you're not one of our friends who already tells us the movies you want us to do. Tell us a movie that you'd like us to do. If it's a sci-fi movie, it's almost a if guarantee you like we'll do it. If you like our style at all and you throw us a bone, like a movie, like we'll just do it. Yeah, like, and we'll we shout care. you out. Yeah. We're young. We're impressionable. Take advantage of us. Please. And big shout out to Erica, our producer. You're the best. We love you. you. I assume this was edited very well, like every other episode. It will be. She makes us sound better than we are. Definitely. So most important member of the team. She's in the pod too. They share a bed in real life, Nathan and Erica. We share the one in the pod. It makes it really awkward. Yeah. But like but I was, said, you know, the pod it, is a lot bigger inside than on the outside. It was part of the contract we signed. <laughs> too late to change it now. All right. I'm too drunk to continue. Right. Goodbye, everybody. Enjoy your nights and go fuck yourselves. Bye.